Merry late Christmas, Chris. Yep. Chris. Christmas, Chris. <laughs> Christmas, Chris. It's like a, it's like a word, it's like a tongue teaser. Don't hurt yourself. So, did you have a good Christmas? God damn it, this is gonna suck. <laughs> How was your Christmas, Chris? Nope. How was your Christmas? It was all right. You just know that I'm talking to you, so I have to say oh, Christmas. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody else here, so. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, so it was all right. We uh, kids made out like bandits as usual. Got, oh, of course. Got lots of stuff they didn't know they wanted. What about you? Did you get anything gaming related? Uh, well, I mentioned before I got my PS4 Pro, but that's in a uh, shipping container right now, being shipped down or up here. Right. Yeah. I. I got a Mega Man Collector's Edition uh, artwork book and history book, so that was pretty cool. Nice. It's actually been in my on my wish list since 2013, <laughs> if my wife's if my wife's memory serves correct. Wow. I also I also got a I'll put a picture of it if I can remember to take a picture and put it on the page. But there's a um, if anybody is interested in collecting uh, like action figure style things. There is a brand out there called Nika. I believe I'm saying their name right anyway. And they have a line of Ninja Turtles collectible action figures. Uh, I think Nika Toys is where you can find them on Twitter. They actually have a website, NECA. But if you just Google Nika, NECA, and just whichever kind of movie franchise you're interested in, chances are they have a, they have a collector's edition action figure style set up for them. But they have a line of all four of the Ninja Turtles from the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. And they're very well detailed and fairly posable as well. And she got me one. They're, they're kind of pricey. They're up in the $100, $150 range. Uh, but the detail is awesome. It's, it's damn near immaculate. They look movie rec, movie replica above and beyond. They stand probably around 16 inches tall, so they're also huge. Yeah. So she got me, she got me one of those. Um, but it was nice. It was an, I mean, it was a day off, so anytime I get a day off, it's great. <laughs> I got to go see family, go have good food. I got presents, I gifted presents. And I actually got to do some Skype time with my family in other states, which I can't believe it's taken me this long to do that. But that was very, very cool to see family I haven't seen in a long time. And then Christmas was over. And I went right back to playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've i been moving. So it was a, it was a very long weekend, um, starting yeah. about Wednesday night. Um, I pretty much didn't sleep Wednesday night or Thursday night rather, um, and got our pod container packed up Friday morning and that shipped out Saturday and then immediately drove up here Saturday. So I, it was nonstop until Sunday for us. Did you, uh. Did you want to lay waste the t- or lay bare the tale of your internet woes today? Oh man! <laughs> so, so I am now associated with the devil known as Time Warner Cable. Oh, um, oh man! We've all heard the horror stories, and now I'm living it. 
Um, oh wow! But they weren't true, Chris. Yeah. Can't be. So I I called them last week, and I said, hey, you know, I'm moving into a new apartment. I need to establish service. Never been a customer before. Um, they're like, all right, blah blah. Give them all my information. They're like, all right, we'll send you out a you know starter package and uh, whatnot. I'm like, no, I have my own hardware. I have my own equipment. They're like, oh okay. Right. Um, so you're going to do a self-install then? Yes, self-install. Just send the guy out to turn the uh, cable on outside. I'll do everything inside, and I'll be good. So they're like, all right, well. And I was like, and my move-in date is the 26th. So, and I had called them on, like, Tuesday. So they Mm. scheduled an appointment for Friday the 21st, or 22nd. I was like, okay, but I'm not even going to be there yet. And if there's any issues, then I'm not going to be there to address them. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. We'll turn it on, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So I hung up with them, dealt with my other utilities, and I sat there and thought about it a little bit. And finally, I was like, you know what? No. Um, I'm not okay with this. So I called them back. I'm like, I have an appointment scheduled for Friday. I want it rescheduled for Tuesday, and it needs to be needs to be between nine and six while the office is open, because you have to have a key to get to the outside area to connect the cable. Right. And they're like, so first they're like, well, we uh we don't see your appointment, the one you're talking about for Friday. I'm like, well, I just got the phone like an hour ago doing it. So and she's like, all right, well, let me transfer you over to sales. To see if they can find it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. So I get on the phone with sales. She's looking. She's like, I don't see it. Let me transfer you to so and so. And I was like, they just transferred me to you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Well, let me try again. And she's, you know, typing away, typing away. Um, finally, she's like, aha, found it. So I don't know what the deal was there, but it was apparently hidden. Um, <laughs> But so she finds it and she's like, all right, so you want it rescheduled for Tuesday? Yes. Okay. Um, so I see you have a, uh, starter kit, uh, uh, being shipped. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm doing a self install. I have all my own hardware. Don't need anything. Man, this is so fucking horrible right off the bat. Good God. Yeah. I haven't even gotten into the day yet. And oh, I know. So, I just It's just, wow, this, the fucking initial setup for all this is yeah. is like, this was a yes, no, this was a no. Okay, yeah. this is a no, well, no, this was a yes. Yeah. So, like, all right. Uh, well, not, so, she pulls it up, she finally finds it, and, you know, we had the whole thing with the startup kit, and I was like, I don't need that, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, all right, give me a moment, I'll, you know, go in and change this for you, change it to Tuesday the 26th. I'm like, all right, thank you. So she's typing away. She um, puts me on hold, is talking to someone else because she's having an issue. So at least she's, you know, getting help from a supervisor or something. So I'm like, all right, cool. Appreciate that. Uh, put me on hold. All you need as long as you resolve the issue. Right. So she comes back. She's like, all right. So let me go in here and wait. What? Hold on. So she's... <laughs> trying again finally she's like all right um i canceled your appointment for friday 
but I'm not showing any openings for Tuesday. Oh, um, God. Oh, boy. I'm like, um, well, that's not good. Um, and she's like, I tell you what, let me transfer you over to Internet, and then they can, you know, look in their system and see if they can override or do it on their end um, in the schedule for Tuesday. I'm like, all right, cool. So I get transferred to Internet. Guy answers there, telling him, hey, I was just transferred from sales. I'm trying to get my appointment rescheduled from Tuesday to, or not Tuesday, but Friday to Tuesday, the 26th. And he's like, okay. So he's pulling it up. He finds my appointment immediately. So he didn't have that same issue the lady did in uh, sales. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, all right. Um. I see you have a sharp. No, 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 no. I don't need the kit. I don't need that shipped. <laughs> I just need the connection outside turned on, and I want it to be Tuesday. So if something goes wrong, I'll be there to deal with it. And he's like, okay. And so he goes in, does the thing, and I'm like, and it has to be between nine and six when the office is open. He's like, well, our first, he says, okay, I got you scheduled for the for Tuesday. I said, okay, well, what time? He goes, well, the window is 7 to 7. I'm like, or something like that. I'm like, uh, that's not going to work because the office is open 9 to 6, and to get to the outside, you have to have a key. Again, right. explaining for the millionth time all this stuff. He's like, okay, um, well, we can't actually do that because of the type of work order it is, And um, but I'll put a note in for the tech that, you know, they're going to need the key from the office. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, so he does that, and he asked me what day I want, like three more times after that point. He's like, you said it was the 26th? I was like, yes, Tuesday, the 26th. He's like, all right, hold on. Comes back. So the 26th, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so I finally, <laughs> I finally get off the phone with them. My appointment's scheduled for Tuesday. I'm good. So Friday rolls around. I get a text from Time Warner Cable saying, your connection has been set up outside uh, your apartment or whatever. I'm like, huh. So I guess they didn't actually cancel the Friday appointment. Whatever. As long as I had my Tuesday appointment, don't care. And I was in the middle of packing stuff. Couldn't care less at that point. Um, yeah. bit more important things because, man. So real quick, my window for them to pick up the pod on Friday was from 9.15 to 12.15. If they had been there at 9.15, I would have been screwed. Yeah. They came and picked it up at, I think, a quarter till 12. And I was just able to put in the last box. I still had some more stuff I could have thrown in there. But yeah. I actually had a decently full container at that point. But yeah, I would have been screwed if it was a couple hours earlier. But anyway, so I got the text on Friday saying that it was good. And then <laughs> I get here. You know, sign the papers for the apartment this morning, get in. I uh, had to run a couple of errands, go to Walmart, get stuff, you know, because we have pretty much nothing here aside from what we brought in the car <clears throat> until Saturday when the pod comes. So I'm like, all right, run our errands, come back. All right, need to call them, give them the Mac from the router so that they can activate the modem. Cool. So I call them, and he activates it. No connection. 
the uh, downlink lights flashing, and that's as far as it's getting, which means it's not communicating at all. Because um, mm-hmm. if it's connecting to them and not doing something right, then you'll see down and up. So I'm like, all right, not getting connection. So he tries some stuff on his end. Um, still nothing. Uh, I and I have him try a different Mac because so the UI on my router gave me two different Macs, but one I figured was the actual cable, and one was the uh, computer side port. You know, right. so you have the ingoing and outgoing. Well. Neither of those Macs actually matches up with what's on the little piece of paper on the back of the router. So I was like, huh. So I give him the one from the UI first. I was like, you know what? Try this other one because they're different. Uh, And he tries it, still nothing. So he's like, all right, so what we need now is to send a tech out so he can, you know, troubleshoot the line and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, I have an appointment for today. And the guy goes, I don't see an appointment. Oh, my God. I'm like, well, <laughs> I specifically call. He's like, I see where they set it up Friday. I was like, yes, and they shouldn't have because I specifically called and rescheduled that appointment for today. Yeah, that one's supposed to be canceled. Yeah. I was like, that one's supposed to be canceled. They weren't supposed to come until today. And he was like, well, it's not in there. I'm like, well, that's not my problem. Um, yeah. He's like, we can... Uh, the earliest I can schedule for is tomorrow. Like, no, listen, I scheduled the appointment for today for this very reason. They shouldn't have come Friday. That was rescheduled. That was canceled. They're scheduled to come today. That is what I agreed to last week. And I dealt with on the phone last week since I would not even be in the apartment until today. He's like, all right, let me. Let me take a look. So he puts me on hold. I'm guessing he's talking to a manager or something. It's like, all right, I can get you an appointment for tonight at 6. I'm like, that's too late because our apartment closes. The office closes at 6 and they need a key to go outside. And he's like, oh, um, hold on. So he puts me on hold again. He's like, all right, I can get you an appointment for 5 o'clock. It's like, great. Okay, that's great. If you can make that window, because yeah. if you're a, it's a tech you're sending out, and a tech is 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 most likely bound to another job already, and providing that that job goes through flawlessly, and it's a two to four job, and he's done it for, yeah, that may work. But oh my god, oh yeah, uh, and I'll I, get there. Too. I would have been at motherfucker. You better be guaranteeing me that he's gonna be here at five, and not give me a window of around five. Yeah. So. So I get off the phone with him. I'm like, all right. So I take my girlfriend and the kids to grandma's house so they can, you know, play with their Christmas stuff. Because we opened presents over there. Because right. we weren't in the apartment yet. So we went to grandma's house, did all the stuff. And all their toys were still there because I didn't have anywhere to put them. So I'm like, all right, I'll take you guys over there. They can, And they were eating leftovers. I went to Taco Bell. They were eating Christmas thanks, uh, Christmas Thanksgiving. Christmas leftovers. God, mm-hmm. my brain today. Um, <laughs> so they were eating leftovers for dinner and they playing with their toys and whatnot. And I come back here and I'm fooling around on the computer and stuff. I have my phone for tethering, so I do have some internet access. Uh, not great, but it's there. Right. So I wait. gets pretty close to five. I'm like, all right. Still haven't got the uh, call or text saying, hey, I'm on my way. 
All right, five rolls around, nothing. Quarter after five rolls around, still nothing. 5.30, 5.45, six o'clock hits, nothing. At 6.02, a tech calls and says, I'm 20 minutes out. Gee, well, but you blew it. I'm like, okay, but the office is closed now, so you're only going to be able to troubleshoot inside. He's like, oh, um, okay, well, I guess we'll see what we can do. It's like, yeah, yeah we will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice like, one, Chris. Um, so I got the phone with him, and I sit here and wait. 25 minutes later, guy pulls up. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, during this, his cousin... I mean, his brother is on the Facebook blog. Hey, we got a fucking podcast to do. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so anyway. so he rolls up, and he's like, yeah, sorry for the delay. You know, I'm not, I'm not actually the tech that was assigned this call, but he's stuck somewhere else on one. I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. He's like, all right, so let's see. So I show him where the thing is, the modem. And he puts the little tester on the cable. Nothing. So I'm like, all right. So he, he opens the little utility thing closet that's in our living room where the uh, heater is. And he looks there and he goes, those assholes. I'm like, what? Huh? What? Um, he's like, yeah, everything's unplugged. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I actually walk over and look in there. And there are like six coax cables just dangling. What? Apparently the person that lived here before took the fucking splitter off of it. Out of the closet. Oh, what? What? A fucking splitter? Yeah. Oh my god. So the guy, you know, it's alright. So he pulls one out of his little, you know, tool belt, plugs everything in, comes back, tests the line, he goes, hey, imagine that we have signal now. Like, yep. And great. this will be $75. Yeah, I hope they don't charge me. That's going to be another fight if they do. Because um, they didn't say it was going to cost anything. But you know how they are. They don't tell you until afterwards. So, he, you know, line test is good. He finishes plugging in the thing back on the uh, outlet. Because for some reason he took the panel off of it and ran it on the inside cable instead of the outside cable, which are identical things. Mm-hmm. Um it's just a little nub that connects the two. Uh, no different than a splitter. Except for it doesn't split, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's like, all right. So plug it back into the modem. Lights start flashing that are supposed to be flashing. I'm like, all right, cool. So we finally have connection to the company, to the provider. I'm in business. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I set up the laptop. Get the Wi-Fi connected to the router. I'm looking. All right, didn't have an IP address. All right, I'll wait for the IP address to come through. Sure. All right, IP address good. Open up the browser. It's like, hey, you have to sign into this or uh, provide us your information from the company, you know, whatever, and then we'll let you access the Internet. Like a freaking hotel does when you, when you log in and it's like, oh, yeah. register to access the Internet for the next 15 minutes or something. But this is, you know, one-time thing. So I'm like, all right, right, right. sure. So I do that. And as soon as I do that, I go to access and it's like, oh, you need to restart your modem and or router and or computer. I'm like, what? And the tech heard me. So he unplugs and restarts the router. I'm like, oh, okay. So 
<laughs> we wait on that. And my it's a modem router combo, so it is slow. Right. Um, it right. takes longer to boot up than a normal modem does. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, same one for mine. Yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. All right, finally comes back up. No IP. All right, cool. IP finally resolves. I get on the internet. I'm like, awesome, I'm good. I start testing sites, you know, doing some load testing, making sure everything's good. Internet goes out. I'm like, I look over and the router's restarting. I'm like, why? What? And so the tech actually thought it was all the troubleshooting that had occurred on the phone where he was Mm -hmm. sending signals to restart the router. They had queued up. Right. So they were hitting my router all at once and just kept restarting it. So it finally restarts. (laughs) I get online. I'm not getting prompted, you know, by the provider anymore. I'm able to get to Google. I'm able to get to Twitch. I'm able to uh, load stuff on Steam. I'm good as far as I can tell. So I go on to a speed test. My bandwidth is pretty much where I expected because you never get the full, you know, down speed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's close enough. All right. Cool. Finally. Set up. So here I am, able to do a podcast from my kitchen. When he got, when he got there, you should have been like, look here, you son of a bitch. I have this fucking producer <laughs> in my fucking ear right now. I swear to God, if you don't get this shit running, I'm going to lose my fucking job. Have you met this guy? He's a fucking asshole. He's, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know. I'm, he's on the internet now, sir. This fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it looked interesting because... We have no furniture in here. The bedrooms mm-hmm. each have an air mattress. Other than that, there's nothing. Um, today, when on a Walmart errand, I bought one stool because our kitchen has this little counter area, uh, mm-hmm. kind of bar area. And so I was like, all right. So I'm sitting on that stool now, and all that's half of the kitchen counter is taken up by recording equipment. I've got my <laughs> mixer. My microphone is, you know, on the arm connected to the counter so that I can, you know, move it around. My laptop's on the counter. Yeah. I took over the kitchen so that I could have all this equipment up. So I'm sure it's an interesting sight to see coming into an empty apartment with a full recording setup in place. This guy must be the real deal. (laughs) Little does he know. Yeah. I'm glad it finally worked out. Yeah. I hope, I hope and I pray that you just have good service and never have to call them for issues or... Anything like that. No. I hope. The worst part is I think they're the only provider at this apartment. Oh, uh, yeah. I could, I could blurb for a bit about my internet experience. If, in the in the time, probably the whole, see, this would be 17, 18, close to two decades worth of my life that I've had internet. Good God, that's crazy to say. <laughs> but, yeah, around about that much anyway. Uh, I've had almost everything under the sun outside of mobile tethering devices. I've had, I've had DSL. I've had no. I mean, I've had 56k back in the day. I've had satellite. I've had all of the above. Uh, I think the worst. I mean, barring 56k, which I mean, if that's what you got back in the day. That's what you got. But barring 56K, I think satellite for me has always been the worst. I know they offer great deals and great packages and et cetera, et cetera, but it, the story has always been the same truth for me that it's a satellite. So if inclement weather comes in, 
you're either getting disruptive service or your service is gone, period. And of the, like, year and a half that that's what I had, probably every third or fourth day, either my service would get <laughs> degraded or interrupted or just completely just shut off for X amount of time. Five minutes, four hours, who knows. Yeah, I remember you... uh it kind of made playing Final Fantasy XI difficult with the de- with the delay. Yes, very, <laughs> very. Uh, I've, cable, cable, and DSL for me have both been interchangeable as far as quality, and it's it's usually always boiled down to the companies itself. I always heard back in the day that DSL was superior, depending on how closer you are to the hub itself. I don't know if that's still a true thing today, but I never really knew, I never really could tell a difference. Back in the day, I didn't even really look at, I didn't even know, like, speed differences. Mm-hmm. I would, I was either gonna get DSL or I was, either DSL or cable, either one. I just considered them both interchangeable. It wasn't until later when I actually looked at what the fuck I was buying or what programs I was getting. It's like, yeah, well, this offers this bit of download speed. This has this bit of download speed. I guess because the internet speed today plays a far more important role in my life and what I do than it did back in the day. Back in the day, just me jumping from 52K to anything else, I didn't care, you know? Yeah. Um, I've only had a, the, the sparse few companies that existed around my area. I haven't had Comcast or any of the big, big conglomerate ones. There is a local cable company around here that I ran with a long time. Went, ran with for a long time called Cable One. Mm-hmm. And there's an up and down about Cable One. So and I, I think, I really do believe that internet package, it, it, it depends on what you're doing in life. It depends on you as a person and what you and your family are, is going to be doing. Cable One, I started out with Cable One with like a very, with a basic $50 uh, internet plan. Which was fine. It got, I, it got me like 50 meg download speed, which, I mean, cool. Works for me. But what I didn't know and what didn't start taking a real big place in my internet choices until, say, like the past four, five, six years is the download limit. Yeah. That is something that has, that is, I remember hearing the reports when Canada was starting to do that shit and they were like, man, well, I hope that doesn't come here because I still to this day will rant and rave about this shit. I get it. I understand. You know, the more that you download, it's the more weight it puts on a server, which means they have to increase their server capacities and servers aren't free. They're physical things that require maintenance. You have to buy them, repair them, etc. I understand why. I understand why it is what it is. But, and I think you and I both were in the same type of area at one point in our life, Chris, where there was no such thing as a download limit. Right. There was there was there was no such thing as a an a, a data allowance. Like you just got the fucking internet and you did what the fuck you wanted to do. If in a month time you only use like 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 two hundred and seventy gigs, then who cares? If you use ten fucking terabytes, it didn't fucking matter. But that's not the world we live in anymore we it's it's all it's all segregated yeah it's interesting go ahead um because i had uh cox for a while and Mm -hmm. 
they didn't have a limit and eventually they put one on where it was like 300 gigs in a month. Well, I burned through that in, you know, first week of the month. And it's like, well, after that, you know, you may be subject to paying for blah, 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 blah. I never got charged. So even though they said they had a 300 gig cap, um, they, you know, would send you a nasty gram after that. They never charged. Wow. So it's, is it a limit or is it just a scare tactic that, you know, they well, want to. I think that would depend on the company because well, yeah. that's where I, that's where I'm going into this story with cable one. So, I mean, it, I, I download a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. I download a fuck ton of YouTube videos. I have like my own little personal library of YouTube videos. And that combined with gaming, like, at one point it was me and my wife both playing an MMORPG and also possibly playing other online games together with with people. Uh, We don't really stream Netflix or anything like that here at the house yet, but my wife does use a lot of internet, which she uses mainly for Wi-Fi now. But needless to say, primarily on my side of this household, there is a shit ton of downloading every month. Mm -hmm. So... Years ago, back at the last place that I lived at, we were using Cable One, and like I said, it was a very, very minimalistic, basic plan. It was well, it's kind of a mid-tier plan. It was fifty bucks a month, gave us fifty megs of download speed, and that was where my vision stopped. I didn't didn't have to look at anything else. I wasn't concerned. I'm never concerned about an upload speed, and I never even thought to consider a data allowance or a data allotment. So I'll just, I'll, I'll just take that plan. 50 megs is way more than I'll ever need because, I mean, the Xbox caps at 5 meg anyway. And I don't do enough, or the 360 anyway, I don't do enough high-speed gaming where I need the blazing internet speeds of 100 mm-hmm. megs. So 50 is just fine, okay? So I'm running along. I'm just doing my normal everyday thing, blah, blah, blah. Months and months go by, no issues. And then one month I get a letter from Cable One saying, hey, you went over your, your monthly data allowance. And I'm, I was, I fucking did a triple take at this physical letter <laughs> in my hand. I said, what in the holy fuck is a data allowance? And I get to reading it and all it tells, the letter just tells me, hey, you went over, don't, if you do that three times, uh, for one, the suggestion is maybe you want to upgrade your plan. But if you go over your allotment three times without warning, we're just going to upgrade your plan to the next step. Your next step is 75 megs and $75, and it gives you a five, uh, gives you a $750 gigabyte limit. I didn't know that apparently I had a 500, I had a 500 gigabyte limit. Hmm. I said, okay, all right, okay. So then I went looking online. Then I actually went to my contract and went through Cable One's everything. It says, yeah, somewhere in the contract, it does state in black and white that there is a data allowance, and it's $500 a month. And it fucking blew up. Like, I, I went on a tirade for months on end. I was researching forums, trying to look at legislatures. Like, where the fuck did this even come from? <laughs> Like, when did this even become, and then that's when I figured out, like, you know, that this shit happened like five, six, maybe even more years ago. But either way, okay, this is their thing. They, okay, I'll work with this. So now I have to go through this rigmarole of monitoring what the fuck I'm doing. And at that point, at that point right there, I was already beyond pissed off. I'm like, I don't want to fucking get on my internet 
and have to decide what I do and don't want to do. Yeah. Like that's bullshit. So I started looking at other people, other companies around me. Like I think the best one at the time was around in my area was actually Directv, which is a satellite. I said, no, nah, I'm not. I think they were offering like a like a 900 gigabyte limit. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not fucking going to satellite. I priced all kind of other companies, several other companies, several other plans. Look at look at and and, and the, the the primary shopping uh, tick for that one was the data limit. But I couldn't find the other one. I said, all right, well, I'm just going to fucking roll with it. Maybe that was a one-time thing. Now, in my personal research, I actually found out a reason why I was going over on my limit. Because not two months later, I get a second notice. It says, hey, you went over your allotment again. And it actually told me how much. I think the first time that I went over, I, I did like 530 or 40. So I went like 30 or 40 over. This time I did 1.1 terabytes of data. Wow. And I was like, whoa, hold the fucking phone. Because what the fuck have I ever been doing to have that much fucking data? And I found out what it was. It was a browser issue. I had this fucking siphon bullshit going on. It was, uh. there was, there was, yeah, there was some fucking shit going on. Uh, I called Cable One and told them about it, but of course their back and forth was, you know, there's no way to prove it, plus you've already used it, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, it's okay, it's just a warning. I'm like, well, no, it's not okay, it's not just a warning, because if I do this one more time, you guys are going to upgrade me. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to go through that. Let me, what plans do you have to offer? And they're like, okay, well, the next step up is $75. And I'm the, you know, I manage the finances in my household, so I'm doing the numbers. Already worked it out. Okay, we can afford twenty five dollars more a month. What does that get me? Well, it gets you seventy five megs of speed. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't care about the speed. The speed is not the issue to me. What is the gigabyte limit? Oh, it's seven hundred fifty. Said okay, seventy five, seventy five, seventy five. I get it. Cool. Uh, let's just run with that. Let's just fucking do that then, because I don't want to go through. I don't. I was like, I was like, I'm telling you, bottom line, I don't like the idea of me deciding what I do and don't want to do on my internet. So if this will raise the limit and maybe you're like, yeah, you, you, you'll probably never go through this. <laughs> One month after doing that increase, I went over. I was 800 something gigabytes. I was not at all, mind you, understand clearly, Chris, I was not pissed off at myself, my wife, or anything that I was doing in my life. I was pissed off that this was even a fucking issue. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't want to go back and look and see, okay, what did I do on this day that was doing this? You know, what game was I playing for too long? Or what big, you know, like YouTube, like documentary did I watch or download or something? I didn't want to do all that. I was just pissed off that this was even a fucking issue. Yeah. So I, I let it run. I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. Maybe that was a one-time thing. A couple months later, went over again. A few months later, went over, and they automatically bumped me up. Now I'm on $100 a month for 100 megabytes of speed. 100 megabytes. Chris, a hundred. The Xbox 360 caps five. That's the only thing that I ever cared about. <laughs> and lag and all that. So I am 95 fucking megs over what I ever care to have. But hey, it was all right. Um, and I, you know what? I lied about all this. I'm sorry. I just now remembered. I'm giving, I'm giving cable one AT&T props. The first $50 package was only 250 gigabytes of data. <laughs> The second package was, I think it was either 350 or 375. The last one, which cost me a hundred dollars a month, was 500 gigabytes tops. So, 
And after that, I'm like, all right, well, now that you guys have automatically put me on this $100 program with, oh boy, blazing speeds of 100 megabytes and 500 gigabytes of data, what happens if I go over this? And they're like, well, we have no more. This is, understand how fucking insane this is. Well, if you go over 500 gigabytes a month, unfortunately, sir, we have no more residential pro, uh, 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 packages to offer you for internet. You will be bumped to the first lowest business class model, which starts at $400 a month <laughs> and gives you five terabytes worth of, of, of space. I said, I, th- there's no fucking way. And I'm thinking, I, I cannot, am I the only fucking guy in my area code that's doing like 400, 500 gigs a month? Yeah. That is not that hard to get. No, it's, it's not, not that hard to do. But the next thing up is a business model, which costs hundreds of dollars, you know? So, uh, I kind of sort of monitored things here and there, but luckily a few months later we moved to this, we moved to our new house here. Yeah. And one of the first things I looked at was how the fuck is the internet? And, uh, Cable One, of course, was offered out here. Of course, the satellite. There were a couple other ones, but I looked at AT&T. Now, I had looked at AT&T back at my old place, but I didn't take it for, I think I'd just given up on whatever. I just let it run. So, we get here, and conversation was very short. Very short and sweet. Called an AT&T representative and said, hey, I live in this new area. Uh, you guys offer ca- uh, cable internet in my area, and I'm looking to get prices. And they were like, all right, well... What what's your biggest concern? Are you looking for? I said data limit, right off the bat. Okay, well, uh, the first one we can offer you for fifty dollars a month is a it's like anywhere from nineteen to twenty uh, megabyte speed download, and it's a terabyte of data <laughs> limit. And I said sold, sold, and I said just out of curiosity. Because this has happened at least once in the past with me, what will you guys do if I go over the hunt, the one terabyte limit? And they said, "Well, nothing the first time, maybe not even the second time, but the third time." And I was like, "I'm telling you, I was like, ma'am, if you're telling me that you're gonna upgrade," she goes, "No, we don't upgrade. That's it's kind of rude, <laughs> but <laughs> if you go over one terabyte, we just bill you for every fifty gigabytes you use. It's like." Ten dollars for every fifty gigabytes over you use. I said, okay. Well, thank. I said, so there's no like contract breaching, and I'm not gonna get like fucking nasty emails. I said, no. You'll just, you'll just. She's like, here's an example. You have a terabyte. You use a terabyte and fifty gigs. We'll just bill you an extra ten dollars, and that's it. It's as simple as that. If you use a hundred, then we'll bill you a hundred uh, 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 seventy dollars. As simple as that. I was like, good. She's like, do you think a terabyte will be enough? I was like, it better fucking be enough. <laughs> but yes. Um, she was, it was, it was a nice tech I talked to because I mm-hmm. went through the whole room and roll and she was, she understood. Like she said, yes, I do work for AT&T, but I agree because I have internet in my house too. And I, uh, having a, a limit and a cap was an unheard of thing to me close to a decade ago. And now it's a thing. And blah. I totally understand your pain, but luckily AT&T offers a terabyte of space. So you're fine. And. I have been, and the entirety of me living here, uh, probably a year and maybe a month or two, uh, I actually have went over my terabyte limit one time. 
I simply got an email and they said, hey, you went over. You got to watch it. And here's what will happen if you do. And like, they just gave me a list of, you know, this $10 for every 50 gigs. Easy peasy. <laughs> now, my internet speed is slower. Yes. Yeah. But my cap is my concern. Like, I don't, I don't do, I can't think of anything that I do here at this house that requires, you know, super hyper crazy download speeds. Even if I'm downloading a 20 minute YouTube video, it takes like five minutes. And I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not interacting with a download. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not that concerned. So it's funny, like, I'll get friends and, and co-workers and family, and they'll tell me about the internet, and they're like, oh, man, I got fucking 200 megabyte download speed. I'm like, that's cool. What's your data limit? Yeah, so I, I, don't... I just I just Googled mine, and on the website, with no asterisk, no little number or anything, it says, no data caps. Wow. So we'll see. Wow. Um, but we'll see. So, we'll see. and, so part of when I was setting this up, and I glossed over this because it wasn't really relevant to my issues I'm having. But I called them. I was like, all right, your website only shows one plan. That's the 100 uh, megabytes per second or megabits, whatever it is. I'm like, all right, which uh, do you have any other plans? Is that it? You know, what's the up speed on that? Because they didn't have up speed listed, of course. Um, yeah. Which, as a streamer, I need to know what my up speed is. She's like, yeah. well, the, the 100... It's 110, you know, 100 down, 10 up. I'm like, okay, makes sense. Standard. Cool. It's pretty standard, yeah. I'm like, all right, what else you got? She's like, all right, our next step up is a 300 down, 30 up plan. I'm like, really? And how much <laughs> is that? And she's like, it is $40 more a month. So, and this is with the discount, you know, for the first year or whatever. Right, so right, it's, right. uh, it's 45, I believe, for what I have, the 100. And then we'll jump to 85 for the 300, which is actually really damn good. Um, So I was like, okay. Um, And she's like, and there's a $200 installation fee for the 300. I was like, I have my own equipment, so I don't need, you know. She's like, no, if you get the 300, you have to have the install. And it costs Mm -hmm. $200 because we provide all the hardware. We come in, we set it up, we test and ensure that you get the 300 down and 30 up. I'm like, right. Uh, 200 bucks though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to think that'll add up that if you break down by months. You know? Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll just do the hundred. That's fine. She's like, okay. And she started processing me. And I was, as she was doing, you know, something else. I was like, by the way, you know, if I do decide to upgrade to the 300, and then I move. Well, I have to pay that two hundred dollars again. She's like, "No, you just have to pay a ten dollar transfer fee, you know, moving from one location to another, and that's it." I was like, oh, "Okay, that, that's reasonable because the odds are I will have the same provider no matter where I move here." Um, right, right. Because we're only on a six month lease in this apartment um, until I get a job, and depending where that is, we may move somewhere else, or we may stay here, or get a house in the area, or something like that. Um, so I don't want to be locked in. I don't want to lose that 200 bucks and then have to give it up in six months and have to pay it yeah. again somewhere else. So at least they offer that transfer. That's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, that's our internet woes, <laughs> our, our, our lovely internet stories. Uh, I'll cap mine off with this. It's been it's, it's been rumored here and there that we would ever get you know fiber in our area, which I mean that's fucking great. You know, yeah. who doesn't want like a five terabyte download speed? You know, uh, but it doesn't matter what service I get, Google. Fiber, AT and T fiber, whatever, whatever higher internet than cable or DSL would ever come out here. Now my first concern is what well, what is my cap? Like that, that, that's what that's what I need to know. I need to know. I don't care how fast it is. I want to know what a cap is going to be. Yeah. And again, it might just be me being an old fucking grumpy asshole. But in my time, I never had. This was never a thing. This was never an issue in any internet thing I ever had in my life. It was more of Am I going to get something faster than than 56k? Well, now I do. Well, I'm set. Just give it to me. You know. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot that I need it for now, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I when, enjoyed the higher uh, download speeds. That's for sure. Whenever the end of time uh, cast Patreon is fully funded and the Kickstarter is fully fully funded, and ev- uh, everybody wants us to game, we'll talk about all that down the road. <laughs> but for right now. Doesn't take any kind of internet really to do what we're doing. So, um, so we got Christmas out of the way. We got internet debacles out of the way. Do we have any well actuallys from last week? Not that I'm aware of. Don't I don't believe we do. Another another perfect. You know, it 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 boggles me that we don't have more view counts <laughs> as perfect as we are. You know, because guys and gals, if you want the truth, if you want perfect perfection in podcast recording if you want the hard cold facts beyond contestation you come here to the end of time cast proven proven perfect chris do you want to count i did you do any gaming at all this last week only yeah only mobile gaming i did want to play uh i wanted to play uh something on steam i think i was going to play some more they are billions and I also wanted to load up Destiny, but I just got so caught up on packing and trying to make sure I was preparing ahead of time that I really only played phone games. Um, One of the big ones I play is Knights and Dragons, which is one that has a big issue with the pay-to-win stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's really frustrating. But uh, they're doing a Christmas event, and it's interesting because... So they do these events, and typically you pay a bunch of money, you're going to get, you know, the top reward. Um, So this one's kind of interesting in that you can technically earn the top reward without spending anything. But you have to dedicate pretty much two weeks nonstop to it Um, if you do the base stuff. Now, there are different events, so what you're trying to get is the best armor, the Tier 10 armor for the event. And you can, you know, combine tier ones for tier twos, et cetera, up to tier 10. So when it's all said and done, you need 512 tier ones, which takes a while. Um, but because these other events give you random tier stuff, like one of the days they, and they have a daily login thing for two weeks. You log in each day, you get stuff. One of those was a tier three. So it's like, all right, that saves me three, six. 12 tier ones. Okay, I'm down to 500 needed. Um, something like that. So I've been working on that in my free time, you know, when I'm, I was taking my breaks and otherwise 
uh, laying in pain on the floor or something like that, you know, <laughs> load up my phone, play the game some, a little bit. Um, they have weekly events that occur every week anyway, and those give rewards. So I've been trying to push those as I could. Um, and I don't know where I'm, I won't, I won't really know where I'm at progress wise until tomorrow because they had some technical issues with one of the events. So the rewards are going out tomorrow instead of giving them out as you earn them. It's like, all right, well, once the event ends, we'll send everybody's stuff out. That way we don't have any more issues. We can work it on our end and you can just continue to do the event, um, which has its ups and downs. But they, as compensation, they gave this big pack, you know, with a bunch of stamina for the event. Uh, I think it had a tier five in it or something. So it was a very generous pack, a bunch of gems. Um, so that's what I've been working on, uh, yeah. trying to get that tier 10 in nights and that's about it i'll be playing uh my switch a lot this week i purposely didn't play it last week because i wanted it for this week when i won't have any consoles until saturday or realistically sunday so i'll only have my laptop and the switch to play so i'll be playing some more mario this week i reckon can, can i recommend an app sure i recommend ridiculous fishing it's a fun little pick-up-and-play uh, mobile game. It's one of the very few mobile games I ever got into. It's, right. It is a fishing game, but it's a fun fishing game. It's got upgrades, and it's I enjoyed it. As a random, like, I have nothing else to do, I'm at a dentist office waiting to be seen or wherever, it, it was a fun little pickup and play. You don't have to, you know, keep on going with it. You can literally do like one fishing thing in like thirty seconds. So that's not a free game. Um, I want to say if it is, if it is, it caught co- if it costs, it's got to be like five bucks. Um, it was well worth it for me. It was like I said, it's one of the very, very few mobile games I ever tried and was like, oh, I actually like this. And so it's too fitty. Oh, worth two fifty. <laughs> I again, I would pay five. I, I okay. may have paid five, but uh, you know, it's not. It's not going to blow your mind. It's not. It's not a fucking RPG. You're going to dump time into, but mm-hmm. you. I, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, I just bought it and downloaded it. It's installing now, so I'll report back to you All next right, week. Well, well, you know, you need no. You need to play it right now, live <laughs> on the podcast, and tell me what you think of it. Um. As far as my week, okay, well, first off, first off, mm-hmm. um, I beat Black Flag. Nice. And the, uh, my wife was here when I beat it too, and I was like, wait, what? It, wait, what? It's over? That's it? It, the ending, <laughs> okay, so, t- to be honest, I mean, I was following the story. The story for me in this game kind of kind of had a highs and lows of I'm I'm following you I'm not following you, like I got I've got the majority of it I got eighty percent of the story, so perhaps maybe I was losing some of the thread toward the last quarter of the game and was just not understanding that I was going toward the penultimate, uh, the or the finale of the game, but yeah when it ended when the credits rolled I was like oh. Oh shit. Well, the game's <laughs> over. Now, I have not done any DLC. I do have the DLC because the version I bought came with free DLC. But I want to ask you, Chris, did you do the DLC in this game? 
I actually cannot remember if I did them all or not. Right. Now, I know that I believe that there are some DLC areas in the game, but I like I think that Freedom Cry is DLC, but mm -hmm. I don't think that that is tied to Black Flag though. It feels like that that's an entirely different it's like a mod to the game almost. Yeah. If if I'm if I'm wrong, then, you know, correct me in the comments, let me know. But I don't see where like I don't see that there's story continuation. Something that it, it reminded me that this game does, that the entire Assassin's Creed franchise does, is it cliffhangs almost every fucking game. Yes. I forgot that. There is a huge overarching story to the entire Assassin's Creed franchise that every game only gives you little facets to. So... When the Abstergo part of this game ended, I was like, oh, oh, fuck, I forgot. This whole thing's a big fucking cliffhanger. <laughs> That's okay. There's still game game to play. And then when the main... So that in that cliffhanger, that ending to the Abstergo part didn't, didn't get me. But I was so fucking sad and so downtrodden when the actual Black Flag game ended. Mm -hmm. Like, man, I, I want more. <laughs> so... But, uh, live on this episode, I have no problem giving. I have given Black Flag a 4.5 out of 5. I love this game. I had a damn good time with it. I, I, ha I have put it, I think I put close to 170, 180 hours into it, which, again, that's a, that's a lot of fucking time. Yep. That's, that's, that's encroaching on our time that I spent on huge games in my life, like, like Breath of the Wild, you know. Uh, I, I'm putting this game, I have put this game down happily, respectfully put the game down. I, I haven't went back to it yet. There's, I did, of those, you know, those four big yeah. naval ships you gotta destroy, I did one of those. Okay. And I was, I was fucking, fuck yes, when I <laughs> them down, because they are not easy. Not by damn sight. Uh, I may, if I, I may sometime in the near future get back on, maybe to go clear some things up, maybe to go finish those last three, and mm -hmm. you know, maybe just go get. I, I, I did get my Mayan armor set, thankfully, but again, that's kind of I, I take that as a. I'm, I'm gonna say that for the negatives, but I did enough in this game to satisfy me, and like I said, for whatever reason, for me, it was a gut punch when it just fucking ended, but. A, I had to remember that. Oh wait, that's what these fucking games do. They're they're all they all leapfrog each other. But yeah, solid four point five out of five from the mute. That was something else that I. Oh, there's so much, so many good things about this game. There are different battle musics, battle music themes for different things you do, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you're battling a ship on the sea. There's a music that plays, and then when you go to board the ship, it gets even more dramatic. Oh, I love right. it. Love it, I love it, I love it. The graphics, given that this game is as old as it is, it still looks beautiful for how old. I would love to see this game remastered. Maybe maybe down the road, maybe, maybe another five years down the road. You know, maybe on the next generation of graphic cards or consoles. But, because you can tell, man, you can look at some of these face models and be like, it's... <laughs> but for what it is, again, in the era that this game was was released, 
it looks great. It looks fucking beautiful. The water being out on the ocean and passing islands and pat the the flora and fauna of the world. Your ship, other ships, the smoke. Just love the graphics were good. Uh, story. I, I I take story out of it for me because the actual pirate shit was what I was interested in, and I loved all that. I I loved how they did all of that. Sound design, the graphics, the gameplay, fuck yeah. Now, I will talk about some of the negatives. Uh, I did say for the, now this was specific for the game itself, the whole full screen debacle, I never did get that resolved. So me swapping screens, it was always a tiny, teeny, I say a hassle, it was me pressing a button two more times than I would have. (laughs) That's really all it boils down to. I mean, if I really want to sit on a fucking throne and wave my golden finger down at a game and say, you should have did this better, I can do that, but I'm not a fucking asshole. I I literally had to move my fingers twice more than I ever would have to to swap a screen. At the end of the day, not that big of a deal. Not a game changer. It didn't crash on me. It didn't, it didn't, it never caused issues that would, that would deter the entire game for me. So Mm -hmm. it was a nuisance. Yes. A deal breaker. Not even close. Uh, some of the facial animations, especially in the Abstergo areas, they did, they do show their age. They're, they're, uh, but, but then you can look, you can actually look at the game and see where they took time. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but, um, if you looked at an NPC directly face on, like looked at them, their eyes do what our eyes do when we look from pupil to pupil. You know how they slightly go left to right? Yeah. They did they did that in that game. Now, huh. I'm not saying they're the first. I'm not saying they're the first. I'm not saying they're the only one. But I noticed that when I would talk to somebody, it wouldn't just be this wide-eyed NPC with their mouth going bop, 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 bop. And they, I mean, their mouth would move naturally to the words, but their eyes would bounce left to right on, on occasion for different people. I like that. Little, little fucking details like that. That is something that that this company is known for in these games is are the little details. Yeah. Like like when I told you about the uh squid thing, uh you had never seen that. That's something you never even heard of, but I came across it. And they didn't have to put that in there, but they did. That's a detail that they went beyond to do. Um Again, I can't knock the story because of the Sturgos. I really didn't care. They they tried to do this whole thing with, you know, I'm going to give you all this security clearance to where you can access shit you're not supposed to. Oh, well, now you're this hacker, and oh, boy, I'm going to frame you for everything. I could care less. I, I didn't care about any of that. When I got back to the actual game, I was into all of that. The The game itself as a whole was entertaining. The game itself was a surprise to me. The game itself entertained me and I had a good fucking time with it. And that's it's not it's rare. It doesn't happen all the time. So I'm glad it did. I recommend Black Flag to anybody. Especially I want to point this out now. I especially recommend this to anybody that does not like the Assassin's Creed franchise or has not played it. Because I'm in the le- I'm I'm in the middle of that. I have played one game and had got my fill of it to the point to where I didn't care about any of the other games. There's like there's got to be like nine or ten games in this franchise. So right. technically now, 
Yeah, technically now I've played two. I played one and was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. But now I played this one and I'm glad I did. Yep. The only other negative thing, well, maybe not the only other one, but Shit, I just had it. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so excited and happy about this game. It's really <laughs> hard for me to to pinpoint the bad shit in this game. Oh, this is one. This is a story thing that, uh, again, if I want to be on a throne pointing a finger, maybe it would be a big issue. But for whatever reason, I I just let it go. I didn't I didn't dwell on it. But I did think there was a narration error in this game. There was a storytelling error in this game, and it's either one of two things. Either they did not craft the story to explain this, or it was explained somewhere, and I just missed it. In the beginning of this game, whenever Ken, Ken, the, the way that Kenway even becomes an assassin is he stumbles upon another assassin, right. and he chases his ass down, they get into a fight, and he kills the assassin and steals his shit. Mm -hmm. But Chris, th this is not a fucking gem, okay? This isn't a magic ability. This isn't a this is this is not something transferred from person to person. All he got was the assassin's garb and his and his blade. No, he didn't even get his blades. He got his blades gifted to him from somebody else. But as soon as he had the garb. Well, actually, before he had the garb, he was already jumping from tree to tree when he was chasing the guy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, well, what is this guy? What has this guy done in his life that he's able to jump like an assassin? Is this going to be something where, like, he's part of the assassin's bloodline and assassin the the ability to stealth kill and jump from rooftop to rooftop and jump from a high thing and land in a haystack? And get to a high point in a city and know where everything is. Is this going to be something passed through a bloodline? I, I don't know. But this guy is moving like an assassin. From hmm. what I can understand, he's pretty much just a, a worker out at seas that's become a pirate. Well, pirates aren't assassins. Pirates are on fucking ships. They don't they don't travel land that often to do this. But it, or whatever. He chases the guy down, kills him, gets a garb. And in a few cutscenes later, he gets his blades. Now he's a fucking top tier assassin. I think that jump is kind of was kind of sort of jarring as far as a narrative standpoint, mm -hmm. because the guy went from a nobody pirate to a deadly, very very skilled assassin by killing another assassin. That's not how that shit works. Nah. Um, as far as eagle vision, all that. That does come with being part of the blood bloodline. Um, yeah. That's something yeah, that you know, they, assassins and templars have because of I their forget. training yeah. and all that. Because they kept saying in the stories, like, hey, he has the vision, he can see things. And I was like, yeah, the vision, yes. Hmm. But he's very acrobatic for a ship, for a ship fared traveler uh, pirate, you know. But did it. Did it take me away from the game? No. It would again nitpicks. It's all this. It's a nitpick. It's a little. Uh, I also hear myself talking to people like you or other gamers or Adam when I say there comes a point where you got to let a video game be a video game. Yeah. I let this be it because again the game was so fucking fun. I did not care. I, I didn't care. Didn't. It did not bother me in the slightest. It's something for me to point out and go, hey, hey. 
I mean, look, I can point out negative things about Breath of the Wild. It doesn't mean that it broke the game for me. It doesn't mean yeah. that I, you know, whereas when I pointed out the negative things in, for me for Nier Automata, there were so many negative things that it just took me out of the game. Mm -hmm. It eventually made me go, yeah, I, I can't fucking deal with this. So this game, nowhere near in that realm. Had a good time all the way through. Bravo. So after I beat that, I went into a teeny tiny whirlwind of uh, what to play. I went yeah. back and played another round of uh, Robot Named Fight. Of course, <laughs> I died, so I went to another game. Uh, I did I did a couple levels in uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, just just playing some random off games here and there. I did like one or two levels in the Katamari Damacy game just because it felt like it. And... I went back through, as you and I said we would do, I went back through the Game Awards and was and, were, and was looking at the games. Around about this time, the Steam sale, the winter Steam sale had come around, or Christmas Steam sale, I guess you would say. I was like, cool, let me, uh, let me see what games they got. And they had Hollow Knight on sale. So I picked up Hollow Knight for half the price and started playing it, and I've been playing that ever since. I think I'm on day probably six now. Really like Hollow Knight. Uh... I I think did Hollow Knight win a game award? I, I don't I think it won anything. Uh, but I know it was a nominee. And what what made me interested in this game was it was supposedly a Metroidvania style game. It had a big map set up like that. Uh the aesthetics I could give or take, but the Metroidvania thing and the fact that it was in a nomination for a game of the year award, I said all right, I'll check it out. And I'm enjoying it. It's it's good. Uh, I like it, and I've been playing that solely. Now, I am going to go back and finish all these other games. I said this last episode, I, I will. But uh, I've, I've, I've had a slew of games, like, either gifted to me or I've, or I've bought them over the past couple of weeks, and I'm just, I'm just dumping around with games. Right mm -hmm. now, I've settled on uh, playing Hollow Knight. It just has my strict attention. Also, last week, somebody... I'm not going to name names, but his name <laughs> rhymes with Briss uh, gifted me Cuphead, like, out of nowhere. Literally after we recorded the last episode, I just had this Steam message pop up. and uh, That was during man. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, either way. I didn't get the message till after. Yeah. Um. Wow, that game is so good. Mm -hmm. That game is so... It's so deserving of everything it got. Now... Now, Chris, you may be asking yourself, I gifted you that game and you're playing this other game. I'm sure you can agree. For me, Cuphead is a in-between game because it is predominantly boss fights. It is not all boss fights, no. Yeah. But in the first area that I've been in, I've been through two side-scrolling areas and I've fought six bosses. So when I tire or feel like not playing Hollow Knight for a minute, I'll stop playing that and then I'll go work on a boss in Cuphead. And if I beat the boss, I'll you know I'll go back to Hollow Knight or I'll just get tired of getting my ass kicked and go back anyway. But Hollow Knight for me is a play all the way through game. Cuphead is a go back and play through. But I tell you, every time I've played it, I've I oh man. The artwork, the action, the music Everything that game is deserving of what it is. And that is a staple game for what, again, again, this is what games should go back to being. This is, this is what, this is what it's about, man. Yep. I loved it and I enjoyed it. 
So thank you for that gift. It is. It, remember, you said you liked it. I'm in total accordance with you now. I'll have a better, more thorough review once if I ever beat it. But I mean, first impression, oh, so good. Yeah. So I, I and I go ahead. Uh, one last, one last thing. I note, and not, this is not me bragging at all, because again, I've made this statement before. I am not that good at games just because I play them for a long time. I just have fun playing them. The first boss, I died one time and I beat him the next round. Hmm. The next boss, I died like two or three times and I beat him. I went to the side-scrolling level, I died twice and I beat it and I moved on. The point is, I keep hearing tell people tell me this game is like very fucking hard. Like mm-hmm. ultra hard. And I'm guessing that that comes later with the yes. other bosses. It, it does it, scale it, it up. must because these primary bosses so far, they are difficult. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blowing through this game. I'm not playing this game blindfolded at all. Mm-hmm. It, I have had my ass kicked, but it has only been taking me a few deaths to figure out the patterns to see what to do, and then I win. So, we'll see. Yep. So, and I, uh, oh, that's it for my I bought you that, you know, gifted it to you, and then the mm-hmm. winter sale started like the next day. Or something like that. <laughs> so it's five bucks cheaper. I was like, it figures. Yep. So I went and yep. bought myself a copy. <laughs> I went looking through a Steam uh, just to try to find some other games, too. And I put a couple other games on my list. And then mm-hmm. there was a game I was really, really interested in. It was a side-scrolling action. Pretty much like Hollow Knight or like uh, Cuphead. But it was it was like cat-themed. And it was 8-bit. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, this game intrigued me, and I went to go add it to my wish list, and then I was thinking about buying it. The game isn't even out yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I hate when that happens. It's not the first time that's happened. Yeah. But I'll get so interested in the game, and I'll see the movies, I'll see the screenshots, I'll I'll see what I need to see, and I'll go, oh, that, that's on my list, and I went to buy it. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's in development there, pal. It's not even out yet. So... Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it for my, my week. Did you, did you talk about Vanquish before? Um, I believe I did. If not, I can talk about it some more. I've, I've played that game on the 360. I played it all the way through. I beat it once. I have picked it up again for Steam just to have, uh, just to have it accessible. Oh, right. This is Platinum Games. Yeah. I got it like for fucking $4. Hoop to do. Yeah. But good game. If you haven't tried it, you should try it. It's very actiony, very shooty. It's uh, yeah. This to me, when I think platinum, I think of this type of game. I think of this. This this is platinum e to me. And then I think of uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And then I'll think of Bayonetta. These these are the games to me that that scream platinum. Gotcha. Uh, I don't think of I don't think of near. <laughs> There. Uh, I I actually lie. That was not all of my week, Chris. I don't guess you went to see the Star Wars game, uh, Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi. Nah. No. Well, I did say I was true to my word. I was going to see it, and I'm also true to my word when I say I can give a spoiler review. Uh, I liked. It. Me and my wife both liked it. I gave it a four out of five. Uh, this this movie for whatever reason is getting a lot of hate. For, and it, I say that it could it could just be the the outlets I have to look at reviews and etc. 
I haven't heard any people in my personal life that have that have not liked it, but everywhere I look for reviews or talks about it, it's just oh, it's so dumb, and oh, they they cut off story ties, and oh, this is not this was made up for nothing. Uh, this all I know is me and my wife went and seen this together. We enjoyed it, and I walked out entertained. That's that's the end of it. I liked it a little more than the last episode, episode seven. Not not so much, not leaps and bounds. You know, this wasn't like a jump from Captain America to Captain America Winter Soldier jump. But I did like it a little bit more. I felt it more entertaining. Had some low points. Had some areas that I would have just either done away with. Had some characters I would have just done away with. I, I just did not care about. But I was entertained. Had a good time. I literally had a point in this movie where... If it was not for the fact that I was in a theater with people, I was going to be stupidly, rudely, obnoxiously <laughs> loud, laughing my ass off. I can't tell you where it was because, again, number one, anytime that people say that in, in their own life, you're never going to get, you may, it's a gamble if you're ever even going to get the same result. I can right. tell you this really funny thing, but you might not find it as funny as I did. But I did. When this thing happened, I had my hands, both of my hands, over my mouth, <laughs> and I was making stupid fucking <laughs> noises, and I was trying to be as quiet as I could because we had people on our left and on our right, and I, I'm telling you, it was there, my eyes were welling up. There was a solid minute. I don't even know what the what happened in the in the movie because I was too busy focusing on trying not to die laughing. But in any event, all the way around. As a whole, I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. I was entertained. And, uh, I mean, as a not Star Wars fan, as, as somebody who has watched all the Star Wars and have been, yeah, they're good movies, but not fucking sl foaming at the mouth, stupid, retardedly happy about them, yeah. I enjoyed this movie. It was worth my money, worth my time. I will own it when it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. And that's it. Yeah. So Chris, I got a question for you. All right, I'm gonna do a little bit of acting for you for a moment, okay? You you played Twisted Metal before, right? Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, driver! You're the winner of the Twisted Metal tournament. What is your wish, driver? Anything you wish will be granted. So Chris, you win the Twisted Metal tournament. What are you gonna wish for? Oh God! You just love putting me on the spot like this. I fucking love putting you on the spot. Oh God! Um, well, number one, what, what what vehicle did you participate in the Twisted Metal tournament as? What did you drive? Uh, I tend to uh, lean more towards the uh, semi myself. Okay. Okay. Get you know yeah. a nice meaty vehicle that has some you know pushing power. Get through the competition. I was I was hoping you would drive Optimus Prime. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, semi truck. Okay, you could do the uh, you could do the type from that uh, that stupid fucking demolition style movie where they had the semi truck that had the big fucking blade on the front. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what I would wish for because I know it would get screwed up. I've yeah. played these games. I know something's going to happen. I'm not going to get what I actually want. So nope. I'd be like, I want, I'm good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? 
Well, no, Drop. You have to wish for something. You can't walk away from the tournament empty-handed. And you're like, nah, I'm just going to take my pride and the yeah. victory with me. I've got my life. I'm good. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's your your reward for winning the Twisted Metal tournament is that, that you live. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have you think on that, and then uh, maybe next episode I'll drill you for real. See if you can come up with a good, uh, a good uh, Calypso answer for uh, <laughs> what you would do if you won the tournament. What about? All right, so Chris, you get into a sword fight. You're about to get into a sword fight with somebody, okay? Mm -hmm. But you can tag in and have any game character as your stand-in fighter. Who's it going to be? Ooh. Uh, and we're talking now the opponent is badass. Not stupid, magical, Superman-style power, but you've got a... This guy's fucking good. You need somebody who is damn good with a sword. Um. So my first thought... It would be one of the uh, Ninja Gaiden characters. Okay. Cause, Are you Hayabusa? Yeah. Okay. Is is it the same character through them all? I I'm gonna sh I'm gonna shake my head. Yes. I mean, uh, nod, nod my head. Yeah, yeah nod. The damn it, uh, we corrected it. So <laughs> no, well, actually, well, actually, it's a nod. Uh, I'm gonna nod yes, but I'm gonna hold that because I don't know for okay. Could, we'll look that up and see. Uh, I I don't know because I'm I, I, to tell you the truth. The, I think that the main Ninja Gaiden game that I played was Ninja Gaiden Two. Mm -hmm. I played one loosely. I played three loosely, and I did play the Ninja Gaiden Black for the Xbox, but I got my ass kicked way too much in that game. So uh, I'm not the aficionado for the Ninja Gaiden series. But the name that I usually always hear is is Ryu Hayabusa. Yeah. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else? I'm trying to think. There was something that was groundbreaking in the game news that came out recently, and I don't... I guess it must not have been that groundbreaking because I don't <laughs> remember what it is. I mean, not that we're the fucking... the fountain of gaming news anyway, but... When stories break, they uh, if they catch my eye, I'll talk about them. I'm still I'm still waiting on the on the Ninja Turtles to come to uh, Injustice Two. I was this close. I'm making the little pinch symbol. I was this close to buying Injustice Two, and I will eventually get that game when them turtles come out. I'm telling you, ah, can't wait. But moving along, I guess uh, I guess we can move into our topic for this week because it's going to be a heated debate. <laughs> it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a slugfest. No, not really. Yeah. The topic for this episode of this week is uh. Actually, I want to preface this topic. I want to I want to preface this. Okay. And so this is gonna be a top a top list. Uh, Chris and I have come up with a few. There, there's gonna be several handfuls of top like like list uh episodes for ours. I want to say my piece about lists, and this this may be just for our podcast, but I think it, I, I don't know about you, but I actually enjoy now and again, you know, top lists from you know YouTube channels, uh, you know, top ten Mega Man games or top ten horror games or or the the 
the ten worst, you know, Super Nintendo games or whatever. Yeah. They're not they're not my ultimate bag. They're not the only thing that I watch on YouTube, but like when a YouTube a YouTube personality that I enjoy has a top list, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy those. The reason why I like us doing lists and the reason why I enjoy other people's doing doing lists, other people doing lists is because it gives you a gradient in my opinion. These lists that we're going to be doing today and in the future they're hopefully will give you even more perspective on our outlook on games. So if you want to see how in agreement with us you are as far as gaming as a whole, this is where this list these lists will come into play. Now, are they subjective? Yes, they're subjective. That's the point of them being subjective. For example, today's lit today's episode is we're gonna do top ten uh Sega Genesis titles. Now, there may be two games on here you've played, and you think that the other eight that we've never heard of, you may think they're the, the fucking bee's knees, that they're the creme de la creme. That's great. This top ten lists or top 15 or 5 or 20 or whatever, they're not always set in stone. They're just talking points. That's all they are. These lists that we will be doing, they're just a barometer. Mm-hmm. They're for you to hear us gab about games or bash on games and get more perspective on our feeling on how how does you know how does Chris play a game and listen to the soundtrack and how does he gauge a soundtrack what things does he look for what things is he interested in? what is he not interested in? how does Michael play an RPG and what what aspects of an RPG really does he really focus on does he care about the combat or is it more the uh, the world building that he's involved in how how much does the story really mean to Chris in a fighting game, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So, I I I completely understand the ugh when it comes to lists. Mm-hmm. I completely get the oh god, another one's <laughs> doing a list, motherfuckers. We're gonna be doing lists. We're gonna be doing lots of lists, and. We're doing them from a positive perspective. Not only that, this is good gauge for me and Chris in general to to banter back and forth with each other because, yeah, we're brothers, and yeah, we love games, but we don't sit in each other's house and play the same games. We haven't been doing that for like 20 years. So who knows what games that he likes now? Who knows what games that I like now? It's, It's just banter. It's just talk. And hopefully, hopefully... You won't have to roll your eyes at our list. Hopefully we'll make our lists entertaining entertaining enough. And if they're not entertaining, I'll take that hit. At least you get more information about us. Yeah. I like lists because, like, the game uh, the game awards, I really enjoy that because it's like, okay, I know what games I've played, but there's this whole other, you know, set of games I haven't even touched, some I've never even mm-hmm. heard of. And we touched on that, you know, while we were reviewing the games and the nominees. But I have games now I know I'm going to go back and play because enough people like them that they were contenders, you know, for awards for the entire year. So now I have more games to look at. Um, And, yeah, one of the things to keep in mind with, you know, when we go back and, like, talking about a top ten list, well, these are games that we've played. Yeah. We have experience with these. We don't have experience with the entire library of every system. So, yeah, it won't exactly. match up with everybody. Um, I expect that in certain areas, Michael and I will overlap because 
we spent a lot of time together um, mm-hmm. as children and played a lot of Sega Genesis uh, together and uh, PlayStation and everything else. So. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, it's, that is a solid point. You know, it, it'll give, I, I can tell you quite honestly that there are lots of top whatever lists that I've watched and been like, they make a solid case for that game. I want to try that game. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are several YouTube personalities that, that quite often make lists and I've watched them and been like, yeah, yeah. And when they make, when they just gush about a game that I can't stand, I just, I listen to their points. It, it gives more perspective. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something I didn't miss. Like, uh, here's a, here's a prime example. I don't care for Near Automata. Okay. I don't care for it. I don't hate it. It's not the worst game ever made, but it also is not the best thing out there since sliced bread, which is what everybody around me is trying to get me to understand. If somebody out there makes a perspective, a retrospective, a list, or whatever, and they bring up points, maybe there's just stuff in Near Automata I'm not getting. Maybe there's stuff, not, not as far as understanding the story, but maybe mm-hmm. there's things that th- their perspective can make me see the game in a new way. You know, maybe, maybe there's a way to play it to where you're gonna get more out of it. Maybe I, maybe I was playing it wrong. Maybe I just didn't take in what it was supposed to give me the correct way. So, somebody's list might do that. Somebody's perspective might change my mind. Maybe, who knows. But our lists are all positivity. We've got lots of top tens, top fives, top whatevers. They're going to be coming. We have no problem with doing lists on this podcast, and they're they're definitely on their way. So uh, I hope you look forward to them. I am looking forward to it because I want to know this man's perspective, (laughs) and I want to know how we as a podcast together, you know, where our stamp of approval comes to. Hopefully in these games that we're going to talk about, we've talked, we're going to talk about them enough to where you're at least want to go pick one of them. Maybe you didn't like this game or never, you, you never heard of this game that Chris played or you never did like this game that I mentioned, but you know, maybe we can talk you into it. As far as I know, in our subjective opinions, I don't tend to stick around with shit games. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we, we are not that pop. Number one, we're not a let's play podcast, but I don't see us being the guys that are like, all right, Chris, we're going to go through Sonic 06. But, but Michael, that's a shit game. It's like one out of 10. I know, Chris, that's why we're going to play it. Yeah. It's, when I'm here in my house, if I don't like a game, I stop playing it. <laughs> so anyway, rambling on bullshit aside today. Today's episode, what are we on, Chris? 123, I mean, 20, oh God, we're not 123. Actually. <laughs> we're, is this 23 or 23? Um, let me look at the Skype message real quick. I don't know my own podcast. Get out of here. Uh, this will be 23, so not counting the tangent. Right. Episode 23 is going to be the our top 10 Sega Genesis games. Now... The way that I want us to do our personal console-style games is going to be Chris is going to give his list, I'm going to give my list in alternating fashion, and you guys and gals are just going to hear what we have picked for tops. It's not a, Chris, you didn't pick this for number three, your list is better, I mean, your list sucks and my list (laughs) is better. That's not what it's about. 
These are just lists of our, here's Chris's top 10, here's my top 10. Hope you guys like it. We will be having lists down the few, in the, in the, uh, near future that are going to be the end of time casts list. Mm -hmm. As in, Chris and I together will debate, deliberate, discuss, and we will come to our together conclusion to say, hey, as far as the end of time cast goes, we say this is the top blank. This is number one. This is number four. This is number 15, whatever. Yeah. But these episodes, like this one right here, it's just what Chris loves and what I love. So, Chris, I flipped a coin without you seeing it, and you lost, so I'm going to start with my number 10 okay. of the top Genesis game. All right, and so I... question. Question. Yes. Yes, before we start. If you have a game on your list that's on mine, too, do you want me to mention that, or do you want me to hold off until it's that place on my list, or vice versa? If if I mention the same game, mm -hmm. uh, you can talk about it if you want to, unless it's in your top three. Okay. Because top three to me is like you need to you need to be able you need to gush about it in your own fashion. So hopefully that'll work. Does it, does it sound good to you? Sounds, Sounds good. Cool? All right. So. My, uh, and also, uh, <laughs> I know people are like, just get over the fucking list already! Uh, <laughs> as Chris said, th there, I'll tell you guys now, you guys and gals, there is a YouTube channel out there, one of the many that I've subscribed to for a long time. His name is, it's a classic game room. And in the title card for a lot of his videos, he, he mentions that, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's on an endeavor to play every single game ever made. And I'll tell you, if you look at his library, he's been doing this shit for a long time. He's making some progress. Unfortunately, even for any console, you're looking at hundreds of games. Not you know, barring the Sega Saturn and barring mm -hmm. the Dreamcast, but you know the obvious you know ones that have the 20s and 30s worth of games. But yep. like what, Chris? The Nintendo Entertainment System had like 780 something just Nintendo games no, in the United I don't know. States. I'm looking at the Sega Genesis wiki and it says there are more than 700 games for Sega Genesis. So th this is probably where this, and I'm saying this, I'm not trying to steer people away from our podcast. I'm saying as a full disclosure, full honesty, Chris and I have played quote unquote, a lot of games in our lifetime. We have not played that many. I think in my personal time, now this is console specific, but just speaking of the Genesis type, just the Genesis itself, I think I have personally had my hands on and played through maybe 30, 35 games. But remember, I come from a Nintendo side of the world. So Nintendo, oh yeah, I've played two, three hundred Nintendo games. I've played probably 200 Super Nintendo games, etc. I didn't personally own a Genesis, so me going to somebody's house was usually how I played a Genesis title until I got my own. And by the time I had my own, I think I was already in the fourth or fifth generation of games. So, you know, unfortunately for me, this is a very this list was very easy to come to, but I'm probably going to be glossing over games that you guys are like, man, you can't believe you didn't play this game. I'm sorry, I'm only listing ones that I played. Whether it was for a while, it was enough to give me an impression to maybe put it on the list. But 10 out of 700 games, <laughs> they still have to be some type of noteworthy. Now, we're still talking about games that you, you you should play. So, 
Starting off with my number 10, working the way up, my number 10 was Road Rash 2. Oh man, I completely forgot about Road Rash. Yep, I I did uh, until I was perusing the, the games and everything and actually, you know, compiling my list together. Mm-hmm. And I have played probably maybe three, maybe four total Road Rash games in, in my life. They are not a standard go-to game for me, but they were fun as hell when I played them, and they were so new whenever I did play them. Road Rash 2, I believe this is one that I, that Andy had. I remember yeah, I think so. I remember, playing, I remember playing it at our aunt's house, and this was something so new to me. My my racing history before this was playing, like, Nintendo RC Pro AM. I never played, like, a Spy Hunter. Uh, I never played the... Can't think of fi- like Firepower three thousand. I get. I don't know. I can't. I'm <laughs> fucking shitting out names, but never really was never really into racing games. Road Rash is a racing game, but that's half the game. Yeah. The other half is so the idea is you're racing. You're racing down a road. It's, it's some random road in the countryside. Number one, you're racing against other motorcycles. And this is on the Sega Genesis, so the controls are already kind of, I mean, they're bare bones. You got mm-hmm. gas, you got left to right to, to swerve and turn, etc., etc. You got brake, yada, yada, yada. So obviously, of course, you're racing against other motorcyclists, and you're trying to get to the finish line first. Duh, standard racing fare. Second, you're trying to dodge, you're trying to evade police, because the police are always on your ass. Uh, you don't have too long in that game to slow down or stop, before cops will catch you and arrest you. Like, they're always on you. There's no, you, you've already committed a crime just by racing. You know, you don't have, you don't have to do something bad for the cops to be there. They're already going to be there. Yeah. Third, and this is the big takeaway from Road Rash games, is you have a very, you have various amounts of weapons at your disposal. And other racers will try to knock your ass off your motorcycle. Conversely, you will knock them off of their motorcycle if you can. So another racer will parallel up to you, and they'll pull out, I don't know, a pipe. They'll pull out a bat. They'll pull out a, a, a length of chain with, like, 15 heavy-ass chains in the length, and they will beat you until you fall off your motorcycle. And you will also beat them. You can punch them. You can kick them. The, the idea is you're trying to make the other person, the racers are trying to make themselves the other the, the racers are trying to make their opponents crash. That gives them more advantage. Number one, if you crash too close to a cop, a cop will come and arrest you. Uh, and if you crash, you know, in 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 the race, you, you you're gonna lose your place. People are gonna pass you by. That was totally new to me. Now, yes, in RC Pro AM with remote control cars, you had missiles and all that. I get that, but this was a motorcycle racing game, and it was also 16-bit on the Sega Genesis. So for what it was at the time, it looked great, and the action was fucking fun. Uh, it had secrets to unlock too. I think there was like a black. There was either a black racer, like a like a guy in all black gear, or a black motorcycle. I think it was. I think it was a motorcycle you can get that was super fucking fast. But yeah, good time, good entertainment. I believe. I believe we could play this co-op split screen. Yes. Yes, you could. Yes. They had two so, different modes. You could play the normal race with all the NPCs, or you yeah. could do 1v1. Yep. So you, you got couch co-op. Awesome. 
you, you bash each other with weapons, you outrun the police, you outrun other racers. The music was, the music was you know, pretty good for the Sega Genesis back in the day. Good entertainment. It, it, the, the, the fact that it blindsided me with, how, with what it was, that I could look at it and see it was a motorcycle game, it was like road rash. What is that? Oh, I get it. Because if you're you're a motorcycle, if you crash, you get rash. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. But that's not all what the game's about. You're literally trying to make people crash. Yep. So had a had a good time with it. Yeah, I glossed over that one, or it would have been on my list. I'll say that. <laughs> so what about you, Chris? Give a your number ten. All right. So my number ten game is a bit off the wall. It's okay. Toe Jam and Earl and Panic on Funkatron. Go for it. Have you? Did you play that? I never, and my wife's gonna hate this. I never played Toe Jam and Earl. Okay. So oh, she's giving me she's giving me a look right now. I should, <laughs> I should I should screenshot this look and post it to the page. But yeah, uh, it's one of it's actually one of my wife's favorite games from back in the day. I nice. personally, I think I actually played it for a bit at somebody's house, and I I don't know if maybe I didn't like it or it didn't catch me the right mm-hmm. way, but. There's, I have no memories of that game at all. So please, you've got the stage. Yeah, so this is one of those games I had. I don't think it was in Andy's library. I think this is one I somehow got. I have no idea how. I do recall, I believe I actually read about it in a magazine before I got it. So maybe I saw it at a pawn shop and got it then. Uh, I got my parents to buy it for me. So Toe Jam and Earl, um, at least Panic on Funkatron is a side-scrolling platform game. Um, it's not like an auto-scroller or it locks you where you can't go back left, but it's, you know, left-to-right screen scrolling. Um, the idea is you're these two characters, um, Toe, Gem, and Earl, obviously, that are rescuing humans, all Earthlings on this planet, um, and they're all touristy. You know, they'll flash their cameras, and there'll be, you know, the... I'm trying to think of what kind of outfit, you know, the lady in the dress, uh, different things. They're hiding, you know, somewhere in bushes. You have mini games. And this was just one of those games where it was so out there. There's just like, I just want to play it for all the colors. It was a very colorful game. Um, I don't know how far I ever got in it. I don't, I know I never beat it. Um, but I didn't care. It was just fun to play. You know, the, some, the ground in a lot of areas was bouncy. So you could just bounce around. And as a kid, I just had a blast with it. Um, so, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about because it it's been so long since I played it. Yeah, it's the same for me. I haven't played a lot of these. Games. I haven't played a Genesis game probably, like just randomly picking up a Genesis game and playing it probably five years or more. So. We'll be pulling a lot of these from memory, but that's okay. We we've you know, we played them. We have our opinions about them, and we like them. My uh, my number nine on my top ten Sega Genesis games is Vector Man. Okay. Uh, uh there were now there were two Vector Mans on the Genesis, and I was so sure that I liked the second one that I would like the second one over the first one. That I, when I played these two games back in the day, this is probably 15 something years ago, I played the second one first. And I, I, I played through it, I enjoyed it, I had a good time with it. But, 
I think it suffers from its own version of sequelitis mm-hmm. because I went back and then played the first Spectre Man and I liked it way better. Uh, I would have to today do that again to give you guys and gals actual reasons why, like give it my own personal reviews of each game. But either it was the level design, the boss design, uh, just something about the first Vector Man appealed to me more than the second. But Vector Man as a whole, I think, I think in my opinion, if you play either one of them, you can't go wrong. They're both good. They're both good shootery, actiony, jumping around, mm-hmm. killing enemies games. But I preferred the first Vector Man over the second one. Maybe your opinion would be different, but, but mine was this way. Uh, Vector Man is a side-scrolling, you know, like I said, it's a side-scrolling pseudo-platformer. It's mainly shooting, uh, enemies. The, the, what, the, the, the immediate grab of this game for people, uh, this, this goes to show what it was like when you were, when you were a kid back in the 90s, because this, this game is beautiful. This game, the, the graphics in this game are, are awesome. The way, for what it is, for what it is back in the day. But all I ever saw from this game was screenshot images in magazines like GamePro, like EGM, etc. And I could tell, I could tell the game looked good, but seeing this game in motion, way different. Way different. So much better. Um, if you're ever interested in this game, you just look up any kind of review or, or anything you find on either Vector Man or Vector Man 2 for the Sega Genesis. Uh, the boss levels were all unique. Uh, it's just good. Uh, the the, the character the character itself is made out of like, it kind of reminded me of that Ball Z, that B A L L Z, the Balls game for the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. That's kind of what they were going for. The character is literally made out of balls. He can he can stretch his arms to do things. The way he runs, you know, these balls move, and it, it's 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 a character. Uh, it's it's hard it's it's hard to articulate over a over a verbal pod audio podcast about the about what the designs are, but very unique, side scrolling, actiony shooter, uh, unique level design, unique boss designs, difficult enough, and I enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. Yeah, I recall it being fairly difficult. Um, yeah, I had it. Yeah, and I don't think I ever got very far in it. Sadly, it was one of those games where the last, like, I remember the last three bosses in that game being stupid fucking difficult. Uh, it was difficult enough up to that point, but then the, it was a huge spike with the third level boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, this is something, this will go for this list and any other list. If any, if any audience members out there, any fans out there are like, you know, I'm really interested to know what your full opinion are. If I haven't played a game, I'll go back and play it again, you know? Send us an email. Let us know if you want us to give a better opinion. But again, like Chris said, we're pulling this from memory. Uh, all I remember is playing. Uh, that's the main memory I have is playing the second one and being like, that was a really good game. I enjoyed it. And I, not in a mean way, but kind of like, I guess I'll go back and play the first one too. Since I played this one, I might as well play the first one. It's mm-hmm. only fair, you know, and then playing the first one and just loving it way more than the second one. Good games either way. Definitely worth, worth a number nine yeah. on my list. I can agree with that. So, speaking of balls. <laughs> Go on. Number nine on my list is actually Balls 3D. No, are you shitting me? Yeah. So. Wow. So, we did not plan this, I nope. promise. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> Just like in Vector Man, your character, even actually more so than Vector Man, because Vector Man had some edges to him, you know, his, he had a little mask thing, and I don't remember how quite, uh, how detailed it was in game, but there was, you know, uh, qualities to him, uh, attributes to him. And balls, first off, what kid didn't want to play a game called balls and giggle at it? At, I mean, that's one of the main reasons I played it. Um, but yeah, so balls is a fighting game where your character is literally made up of balls, of orbs. That's it. Um, different colors, different, uh, shapes. Like there was one that was a monkey, I believe. Um, you had the chick, of course, pink ball. So that's a chick, you know, um, for, for the audience that doesn't know, the reason why we're specifying balls like specifically is because we mean like actual spheres. Yes. So the the sixteen bit systems had a workaround to make things look three D that weren't three D, and this and Vector Man are two good examples of how they would do that. Yeah. How it's not three D, but it but it looks three D. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't made of circles in the game. Like there was a three D rotating arena, and the characters yes. were made where their body parts were made out of interconnected spheres. Yeah, the arenas were circles. Um, I don't think there was multiple. Were there even multiple stages? Uh, I don't I think, think it was just one. I think it was just one, literally one level, which was this big circle. You had the scoreboard thing. On the background, that would pop up funny things or uh, pictures or whatever as yeah. stuff happened. Uh, you do a good uh, combo or something on your enemy, and you'd be like, ouch, or, you know, something like that. You know, just the com the commentary um, on screen. And that was it. You just had your character made up of balls, and you fought other characters made up of balls in this one circle, which was pretty big. Um, and that was it. It was a very simple fighter. Um, and one I probably never would have played if it didn't have balls in the name. I remember the uh the the billboard doing all kind of smack talk too. I thought yeah, that was, that was funny. Didn't they? They had fatalities in that game, didn't they? Or uh, an equivalent to? Yes. Yeah. Sure did. It was fun. A fun little sidestep of a fighting game for sure. Now, as far as mechanically inclined. Wasn't the greatest in the world, <laughs> no. But, but I mean, you're you're seeing the very early stages of 3D fighting, so take it for what it is. Uh, moving up to number eight, my number eight, my top ten Genesis games of all time is Mortal Kombat. Now, the first Mortal Kombat for me, okay, because unfortunately in my life. I wasn't able to play Mortal Kombat 2 as much as I would like to. I do love Mortal Kombat 2 more than 1, which is kind of contrary to why 1 is on my list instead of 2. But I have played, I played Mortal Kombat 1 until I was cross-eyed. That's the best way for me to put it. Uh, I was, I had it available to me to play. I played it at many, many different friends' house. I think just Mortal Kombat 2 is at one friend's house. Uh, and kind of like the way that Road Rash 2 was an impact for me, Mortal Kombat was an impact for me. 
Because mm-hmm. by by the time Mortal Kombat was out, I had played Street Fighter Two all over the place. I played many different variations of Street Fighter Two, including the Street Fighter Two Championship Edition for the Sega Genesis. And Street Fighter Two's fun. But when I played Mortal Kombat Two, I mean, when I played Mortal Kombat, it was a whole new world. Just it felt like about the same amount of characters as Street Fighter Two. Of course, not as much as Championship Edition, and definitely not as much as Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. But the, the fatalities, the blood, the music, the aesthetics of the game—I always preferred Mortal Kombat, oh, Mortal Kombat One over Street Fighter Two. Now today, uh, it's kind of up in the air because <laughs> I I love Killer Instinct. Street Fighter Five is not bad, but I love Tekken and I love Soul Calibur. So I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know what I would pick these days. But no. back in the day, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 just had such an impact on me as far as fighting games. I felt like I was I felt like I felt was being naughty when I was playing these games. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be. Because I really wasn't supposed to be. But, I mean, you had fatalities. You had the, the blood and the... The blood and the gore, for me, was not the selling point. Mm-hmm. The blood and gore, for me, was like, okay, this game treats me like I'm an adult. And this game treats me like it's okay. It's not It's not shying away from what would happen if I throw a fucking spear in somebody's face. Right. You know? The, the game is treating itself as in this is what would happen if somebody uh, uppercutted you through a floor and you landed on spikes. <laughs> you know? So, it, 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 it's not just that it was gory. It was the fact that it, it respectfully did not pull punches. And, uh, like, I'm so torn with it. I do love Mortal Kombat 2. I love that there were more characters. I loved when Baraka came around. I, I loved playing as him and just fucking swinging blades around. I yeah. love the, the, the level designs in Mortal Kombat 2. I mean, to tell you the truth, if we're talking about what games you should play on the Genesis and not go wrong, you're not going to go wrong with either one of these two. But for me, just strictly nostalgic, nostalgia speaking, uh, not not objectively, just speaking on which I preferred, which one had the more impact for me, which one really struck home. Uh, it was the first Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I enjoyed it, had a good time with it, worthy of my number eight spot. So, I enjoyed all the Mortal Kombat's. I did put Mortal Kombat two on my list as number okay. four. Okay. Um, and the reason I picked two, again, just an arbitrary reason, kind of like yours, is. I bought Mortal Kombat 2, again, pawn shop game, got home, I beat it on my very first try. Wow. And I, I, do you wanna, I've never beat do, it since. <laughs> do you want to hold off talking about Mortal Kombat 2 till number 4, since technically it's not Mortal Kombat 1? No, I don't, I mean, there's, I think you've covered pretty much all there is to say about Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. It was the serious fighting game, you know, whereas... Mm-hmm. Balls was the funny one, and you had uh, uh, Street Fighter was another serious one. But Mortal Kombat, you know, with the blood, the fatalities, it was the much more serious fighting game. And that's about all I think I can add to what you've already said about it. Yeah. So what about you for number eight? So number eight is Jurassic Park. Oh, man, I tell you. If if this if this list had extended to fifteen, that was gonna be on there because I I love that game. Oh, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. God, it was so hard though. I yes. wanted to get, I wanted to play this game. I wanted to get far. I wanted to progress, but I just died over and over and over and over. Um, <laughs> but I kept at it. This is one of those games where I often talk about games that, you know, I couldn't beat or I didn't get very far on. And, you know, that kind of turns you off of it. This wasn't one of those. I may put it down for a little, or I would put it down for a little bit, but I'd pick it right back up because I wanted to progress either with Dr. Grant or as the Velociraptor, which is, I mean, who doesn't want to play as a Velociraptor? Yeah, well, um, why don't you tell the audience about this game? Because I think you just blew their minds if, they, if, they, if you've never played this game before. Yeah, so Jurassic Park is a side-scrolling action uh, platform game. Um, your main characters, like I said, Dr. Grant or the Velociraptor. Um, how awesome is that before you even get into the game how awesome is that to get yeah. past the title screen hey pick your character big alan grant or a fucking velociraptor like, you just bounce back wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute. so not alan grant or maybe you know malcolm mm-hmm. no it, either play as a human or as a fucking dinosaur <laughs> yeah so like I said, very difficult. Um, it was, it, it really escalated quickly is I think one of the issues with the game because you started out, you're like, all right, I'm platforming, I'm platforming. Okay. I jump over here. There's an enemy down there. I'll just jump on the platforms up higher and I'm good. But then later on, it's like, how am I supposed to get past this triceratops? Cause every time I get here, it stabs me and kills me. And, uh, Refreshing my memory from the wiki, you only had three lives per level, um, and then you had to start over. Um, if I remember right, the Velociraptor could he could uh, like he could edge grab, couldn't he? Yes, actually, yes. I think Doctor Grant could could he maybe they maybe, like directly they might, above. Maybe they both could, yeah. But I definitely remember the Raptor doing it because he would use his front two talons, not his mm-hmm. not his hands or his where his hands would be, mm-hmm. but he uses feet talons to grab onto a ledge and then vault himself back up onto the ledge. And there were levels, I specifically remember a sewer-style level, that him getting through the level was, he needed, that was a main tactic for him to get around. Yeah. Because if you didn't catch the ledge just right, and it was almost pixel perfect, you would fall down below mm-hmm. and you'd die. Yep. Um... And I do remember the the level. I I think I got to the second level with each of them. I'm trying to think if I ever even beat. I, I I'm fairly confident I beat the first level with Grant. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I beat the second level on either one. Um, it'd be an interesting game to go back and play now that you know I have my adult brain. Yeah. I can process the level better. But it was. I know the Velociraptor, you could eat the little ones or something like that, mm. or kill them, um, but you had to worry about the humans. But then as, you know, Dr. Grant, you had to worry about all the dinosaurs. You had a tranquilizer gun, and there were other weapons. I never got far enough to get them. Um, yeah. But I had the trank gun, and you didn't get many shots with that, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, very difficult game, but fun. I want to say it was one of the 
one of the first real platforming type games that I put that much effort into. Mm-hmm. It had a really dark tone to it too. That's one of the things that attracted me to that game a lot. Like the the colors, the the everything about the game was very dark. Even when you played as Grant, the area yeah. like you were this. You had your tan pants and your blue shirt and your hat, but everything around—I mean, you were—you felt like you were imperiled in mm-hmm. almost every level of this game. Even the forest-style games, the music accompanied that as well. Definitely, definitely a fun game. The fact that you, you start the fucking conversation by, yeah, you can play as a raptor, <laughs> and don't let this fool you. By the way, you can play as Grant or as a raptor. You, you will love playing as the raptor. Grant was fun as hell to control too. Like, he's not as cool as playing as a raptor, I get that, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a character that was, like, horrible when you played as him. That's just my opinion. Still a fun game all around, either character you pick. Uh, My number seven is Castlevania Bloodlines. Uh, This one I didn't play till later in my life, probably around when I was, like, 28, 29. Uh, unfortunately, I only played through this game twice. Uh, I, and this, this, on this list, it was actually a toss up between, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines or, uh, the Contra Hardcore. And for me, Castlevania won out. Uh, the reason why this made so far up on the list on, for me is because I've always been a Castlevania fan, period. And, Feeling like the epitome, and yeah, I know the history, I've, I've read it and seen it and had it explained to me thoroughly in my years as a gamer, but the history of, of Castlevania games, for me, feeling like the epitome of the 16-bit era was the SNES Super Castlevania 4, and then going over and playing Bloodlines years down the road, I missed out on a lot. Castlevania Bloodlines was very good. The, it, the, the, I feel like the Genesis fit the aesthetics of Castlevania far better. It, it, the darker tones, the darker theme made the music pretty much, yeah. But if you don't know what Castlevania is, period, you've got some homework to do. <laughs> I would suggest starting somewhere up further down the chain, like maybe Castlevania Simply the Night. Mm-hmm. But the side-scrolling 16-bit style error Castlevania is really it, it it's a hallmark. It shows the it shows another step in the progression of where these games were going. And picking between Bloodlines and Four, I really feel like Four wins out. Uh, you had two different characters you could play as. Uh, you could pick as I forget their names. I played through as both of them, and. It's it's hard it's hard just to just gush about this game because it's a Castlevania game. You really shouldn't have to gush about this <laughs> game. Uh, I remember so I was, there were some bosses that I remember. Uh, all right, well, I mean, I guess if if I have to, that, so Castlevania Bloodlines is a side-scrolling action platformer. You'll notice a trend in this list of ours, but uh, that you're going through castles in various castle-themed areas set in Transylvania-style areas, and you're going after Dracula. I'm sure this game had a direct story. I don't remember the top of my head, but that's the idea. 
you're going around, you're whipping things, you're using special items, uh, you're using usually just the your main your main thing is the whip, and just the level designs in this game they are side scrolling, but they also go vertical at some point. The bosses are the highlights of these games, the way they're designed. Uh, this game, I remember there was a there was a gigantic bat. Oh, I love I love to design for whatever reason his head the way his head and body was shaped it kind of reminded me of the the final boss of Blaster Master. You, you, if you see the picture side by side, you get that. But um, I don't. I'm gonna say it's mainly just the aesthetics. I'm gonna say that it's because this game controlled a maybe Castlevania Four controlled a little bit better, but. I I just prefer Bloodlines. I, f I feel you can't go wrong playing either one, but Bloodlines was just far superior to me. It was a solid entry into the uh, into the Castlevania franchise as a whole. And like I said, I'll, I I di I didn't get to play this till later on in my life. So that's just another another the the impact of this is another reason why I put it on the list. Going through my life and being like, oh, I had played Castlevania 4 several times. I've only beat it once or twice. But thinking that, okay, as far as 16-bit era goes, I've already had my fill. And they're like, oh, you haven't heard of this game? You haven't heard of this game? You haven't heard of Bloodlines? You haven't heard of Vampire Killer, etc., etc.? And I'm like, no. And, and then playing this way after the fact, way after Symphony of the Night, way after 3D um, uh, Castlevania games were out, like, holy shit, this game is fucking good. These games are good when you can go from level to level to level and you can see growth. You can see improvements in gameplay and level design. And you find all these little nooks and crannies, these little, these little incidentals where you go, that's cool. I like that detail. I like what they did there. Castlevania Bloodlines is full of those. Again, uh, we're pulling these from memory, so I don't have a full review on this one. I've only played it twice, so that's <laughs> all I can really do is gush about it and tell you that I played it later in my life. We're talking into the sixth generation of game consoles, and I was very impressed. And I think that says a lot for a game. That that was my number seven. Yeah, I never played it, so nothing to add for me. <laughs> Just in general, have you played Castlevania games yes. at all? Yes, I Okay, have. okay. Well, it's, you should give it a try. But yeah. anyway. So my number seven is Sonic Spinball. Oh, you said Sonic, and I was like, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so everybody knows who Sonic is. You know, the lovable, speedy hedgehog. Um, you may have heard of him. Yeah, so Sonic Spinball was actually a pinball game. Spinball, pinball, get it? He spins pinball. Anyway, um, so yeah, it was literally a pinball game where your objective was to collect emeralds and then kill the boss of the level. Um, this also, as a kid, had a pretty hefty difficulty curve. And I want to say I tried it later on. Um, I'm not sure if I was quite adult ages yet, but it was pretty difficult even then. Um, it was a nice change from platformers and fighting games. It was something you just pop in and, you know, play for a bit. Um, 
trying to think. I mean, it, it's a pinball game. <laughs> but um, it's fun, though. Yeah, it's really fun. Because it, it, it has progression in the game. Yes. It has, like, you. There, there, go ahead. Yes, your game. What am I saying? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's... Uh, it's it's interesting because you know typically in pinball games you drop down the middle you're done um, unless you have some kind of safe thing or whatever but in Sonic Spinball at least in I believe most of the levels I only got to the second one personally but I've um, watched speedruns of it now but mm-hmm. most of them have some mechanic to either keep you alive. Or you actually should be doing this because you can get the emerald that way, or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's not a straight up, just shoot up to the top and go around the loop over and over to get what you want. There are areas where you actually walk side to side, um, not rolling. You're just literally walking. Uh, you can grab ledges, and like the first level has a minecart ride you can do to get the emerald. Um, and there's plenty of mechanics to make it not just a pinball game, but you're actually doing things to uh, Sonic style to accomplish Mm -hmm. the uh, goal. Um, Like I said, you have boss fights. So that's, again, where you typically aren't just flippering yourself around. Um, You have to hit the boss X number of times. And uh, there's the the robot enemies, you know, the Sonic classic. They'll get in your way. Yeah, levels would change as you collect emeralds or hit switches and whatnot. So the actual gameplay of levels would change, and you yep. no longer be going here, or you go to a diff- completely different area of the map, and you'd be flipping around there trying to solve whatever puzzle or hit whatever uh, markers you needed to. Yeah. I recommend for anybody remotely interested about this, there's a there's a YouTube channel I've, I've talked about before called the D-Pad, and they have what's called the Sonic Let's Play, where they have went through every Sonic game in existence. And the great thing about their Let's Plays is the first episode of every Let's Play, like let's say, for example, they played Sonic the Hedgehog for 10 episodes. Their first episode, they spend a good five minutes or so Talking about the history and the trivia and, you know, did you know style facts of the game. And of course, they did Sonic Spinball. And I forget the facts off the top of my head, but you can check out their, uh, Sonic Spinball Let's Play. And their, their first episode, they talk about some of the history. Uh, I think there may have been some trials to get to this, to this game being made. Uh, I feel like this game, as far as the public eye, was like, what? A, a pinball game for Sonic? It's, it's not what you think. <laughs> yes, it has the you know, like you like you said, the you know, flippering your character, flipping, flippering Sonic around. That's a that's gonna be the title right there, flippering <laughs> Sonic. There is the standard pinball stuff in there where there's objects on the screen. You're trying to you're trying to hit Sonic into them. Yes, but the levels expand. There's boss fights. There's things to do Sonic style in those levels. It's it's a Sonic game through and through, but the controls are pinball controls. We'll put it that way. That's that's the best way to put it. Yep. It is fun. It is very fun. It's very entertaining. And it's if you look at that game with a ho hum, that's that's understandable. When you play it, you'll understand. 
Yep. My. Anyway, I'm sorry. Are you good? You good? Yep. For, I'm uh... good. Okay. My number six, starting to get up in the really, really good ones for me. My number six is Rystar, Sega Genesis. Uh, now I'm gonna give the audience a, a second to try to try to guess what style game this is. That's right, a side-scrolling platformer-style game. <laughs> this was. I believe that I believe the history to Rystar is one of Sonic's original, like way, way back in the day. His when they were, yeah, when they were making Sonic originally, when they were making a mascot character for the Sega Genesis, there was a character that was designed after a rabbit, and the rabbit. Hat would use his ears to grab onto things in the world, and that's how he would maneuver around. And then that somehow got changed to this star-looking weird character, which then got changed into Rystar. Rystar didn't get his own game. Rystar did not become Sonic. Sonic got made somehow else, but then Rystar himself got his own game. Either way... Trivia aside, he is. It's a side-scrolling uh, action platformer-style game. Uh, the, the one of the cool aspects is he can he uses his arms as like he can extend his arms to get around. He can swing off of poles. He can grab. There's collectibles all throughout the levels. The graphics in this game, the color, the color palette in this game was pushed. I loved it. I love. The, the colors reminded, everything about this game will remind you of Sonic, but if it was slowed down and more focused on the platforming and more focused on, you know, like I said, the, the using your arms to, to maneuver through the level. Did you ever play Rystar, Chris? I did. You like it? I, I enjoyed it. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I didn't even recognize the name of it. But as soon as I saw the cover art, I know exactly yep. what game you're talking about. Very, very colorful. Very, it's it's a it's a fun, fun game. Uh, unique boss designs. Uh, again, if you are interested in the side-scrolling style games, if Sonic was your, here's the thing. It's a controversial statement, maybe. If Sonic was your thing, but you didn't like that there were times where Sonic had to slow down to move around the world, then play Rystar. Because Rystar, to me, is what that was supposed to be. Rystar doesn't focus on running all over the place. He focuses on platforming and level progression for movement. I wish I could say much more about it. It's been a long time since I played it. The yeah. main thing that stood out to me when I played this game was the level maneuverability and the graphics and the, the boss designs. Is it is it a better game than Sonic? I mean, not not it doesn't have the popularity of Sonic. That's mm-hmm. for damn sure. But as far as fun platforming style, it's it's right up there. I mean, right up there in my opinion. Obviously, because it's in my top ten. All right. So I will call your anthropomorphic star and raise <laughs> you a anthropomorphic bat. Um, oh, Arrow oh the Acrobat. The Acrobat, yep. yep. So Arrow the Acrobat, of course, Acrobat is Acro-Bat, play on words. He's a yep. bat person. Get you know? it. Yeah. 
um, named Arrow. So this, surprise, surprise, is a platformer. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's, God, I wish I could remember more about Rystar, because your description of it sounded like parts of Arrow. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that made Arrow the Acrobat uh, stand apart from some of the other platformers is that you could glide or fly. Yes. So yes. your levels, even though it was a 2D game, you got a whole new dimension to it. Um, it was no longer, oh, jump from this platform to this platform. It was, okay, fly across the stage and see what's over there. Because, you know, you can only see mo so much. Um, you had various objectives you had to get. Um, Arrow, the acrobat, is a circus member. And he's protecting the circus, whatever, from bad guys. Uh, this one, I don't recall being very hard. I don't know how far I ever got in it to it, but it was just one of those because I stopped playing and saves weren't, weren't what weren't what they are now. So I couldn't just pick back up where I left off every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a, loads of fun playing it. Um, yeah, flying around was a big thing in this one. <clears throat> um, trying to think. It's been so long, but I know I put a lot of time into this game. <clears throat> this is one of my go-to games when I'd carry around my Nomad. I would have this and uh, Sonic Spinball and a couple other games, and they were my core games. I'd play, you know, religiously. Well then, I mean, we can move on. That's fine. Yep. My. So we're getting to the top five. Mm -hmm. My top, my, my top five. My number five game. Now, Chris, you may not have heard this. You may not have heard of this, and this is a bit obscure. And I'm not, I'm not that guy to name weird, obscure games to grab attention. But this is a uh, side-scrolling shmup game. It's called Biohazard Battle. <laughs> this game, <laughs> this is a joke, guys, because we've, we've uh, guys and gals, because we played this together, mm -hmm. as kids. This, so my history before this game, I had played, uh, I played Gradius on the mm -hmm. NES. I had played, um, oh man, there was a Gradius light game. I forget the name of it. It was like one. It was one of the first games I ever had, as well. Like the, one of those first Life Force. Okay, I had Life Force as well. Man, how did I forget Life Force? I believe I had played Contra, not Contra, but Gradius Three before this one. Either way, my shmup life before Biohazard Battle was very minimal. Very, very small. And I played this again. This is one of those games that are at our mutual aunt's house with uh, the guy, Andy, who had this. And number one, the first thing that's going to get you about this game is the graphics. I remember the, the ship design, the enemies in the stage, the stages themselves, the bosses. I loved how this game looks. This game looks so good. It's actually not that dated either if you played it today. Uh, if you had it in that 
in that year frame in that in that in that time frame that 16 bit style it it kind of uses the same style graphics as like vector man and, and balls the, the the sort of 3d some enemies have that 3d look to them so the visuals right off the bat grabbed me if I wasn't impressed by playing the game, just the graphics right off the bat hide my attention. Number two, the designs in this game are otherworldly, and they feel that way. You fight giant crabs. You fight what feel like flying freaking uh, blood-sucking parasites. You fight aliens, of course. You fight other ships with, with obscure designs. It, it is a side-scrolling shmup through and through. And the designs fit that alien aesthetic. If, if you feel like you're in a world that's been taken over by, like, radiation or whatever. Which is, I think, the theme for the game. Maybe not so much because your ships were also alien-like. I, to tell you the truth, Chris, I never looked at the story <laughs> of that game. I'm sure there's a story to it in the instruction manual, but who reads those, right? Third, just like a lot of other shmups, this game has options. You have different weapons that you can pick up throughout the game and use, and they all have different abilities, just like Raiden did, just like uh, just like Radius did. And I think one of the fond memories for me and Chris was playing this game and never actually knowing the actual name for them and just making our own fucking name. For example, there was one weapon that was a heat-seeking ability. It just shot out this laser. It's like it shoots out a laser, and the the... You can actually upgrade the weapons as well. So when you first pick up this heat-seeking laser, it's a very thin red line, and it just it shoots out a little a little line. As you upgrade it, that laser becomes thicker and more powerful. So we would pick this up, and I'd be like, "All right, I've got the heat seeker. It that might be what it's called, and it may have, or it may have another technical name. We call it the heat seeker." You had this other uh, ability, this other uh, option where there was a a little block-looking thing, this rectangle that would follow you, and it would shoot out bullets in all eight directions, in all the cardinal and you know, up, down, left, right, diagonals, whatever. And then the more you upgraded that, it would shoot out more. It would shoot out the bullets would become thicker. And we would call that the card because it was a rectangle with a little diamond in it. It looked like a card. But like, all right, well, you take the heat seeker. I'll take the card. And so on and so forth. Chris, can you remember any of the other ones? Those are the two that always come to mind, but I know there was more. So, I don't remember them, but I guess there were some rings, some circles. The, yes, the yes, the rings. Yes. So you would shoot out these lo- these large ring-shaped bullets. And uh yeah, it was like, "Hey man, you get the rings." There was one that we never liked to get. I think there okay, there was one where there was a little pod that would it would it would follow you so to speak it would mim- mm-hmm. it would mimic your movement in a circle around you and it would shoot out these two little green pellets and if you upgraded it the pellets would become larger and we always hated that one yeah i want to say we, i want to say we called it the green one but i don't remember but i we never did like that one That's, so i'm looking at the wiki and i think it's just called pods yeah it might be what it is but we had a name for every single one of these weapons. To where it, it was code. I mean, like we would kill enemies and see that and be like, "All right, look, we got this enemy coming up better. This this enemy coming up. This boss coming up. We know this is gonna work better. You take the rings. I'll take the heat seeker. Like we had all this shit like planned out. 
I don't think we made it too far in this game because mm-hmm. as standard with shmups, the, 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 as you get further into the levels, the level, the further you get, the harder the levels get. I do remember the city level, the first one. I do remember the forest area. And I'm pretty sure sometime in my later years, I went through on, on my own and just played it and beat it. But that it, it requires shmup-style memorization. It requires shmup-style uh, pattern pattern uh, memorization and, and twitchy movements later on in the game. But, again, this was a jump in my gaming world for shmup games. Fun enjoyed it beautiful to look at good mu- good fueling music too i remember that i remember the bosses being like don 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 i just i love the game had a good time with it <laughs> and it is it's up there it's my number 5 on this list not only for the memories that we had but just because of what a good game it is all right so my number 5 is one we've talked a little bit about, Altered okay. Beast. Oh, I I gotta say, I'm surprised that this game made your list and has even made it that far up <laughs> on this list. I, I'm, I'm, I gotta say. We've talked about it. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up um, with a little bit of platforming in there. Um, the premise is that you're this guy who you get power-ups and turn into uh, different animals or beasts, rather. Um, you've got the werewolf, the were-dragon, were-bear, were-tiger. You see the, you know, trend here. Um, and it was a very difficult game. Uh, first level wasn't too bad, but it quickly escalated. Um, I'm not even sure what to say about this, because we talked about it so much before. Um uh, it's okay. It's you know, it's every 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 episode maybe somebody's first. Maybe they didn't yeah. know. Maybe they haven't heard you talk about it. You, know? you can gush. It's your top ten list. Yeah, and I I think the reason this one was as hype on uh, was five on mine um, is just because of how much I played it. Again, yeah. kind of like Jurassic Park, I kept going back to it because I wanted to get further, and the. Uh, power up you know just hearing yep. that over and over that was it was such a nice sound bite um mm-hmm. was like great got it okay um, and yeah it's just a solid beat em up i think i pl- so i played this game again later in my life there was a time where i uh i acquired a uh, a copy of of this game and several Genesis games and played through them just for just for shits and giggles, and this game didn't hold up for me. Uh, didn't it didn't age well at all? I have fond memories of going through that first level and going through that first level. There's a there's a trend with this one as well. More on that in the future in a minute, but getting past that, the controls and the, graphics like it, it it has not aged that well for me in my opinion uh i think that this is one of those games number one it's it was a packing game with a genesis so when you had it it was one of those where cool you got this this is one of the first games you probably ever played but and and it's also good playing co-op with a friend but i don't know i i, I 
the nostalgia glasses are not on with this one. Mm -hmm. It just it didn't it didn't do it for me in my later years. I'll treasure the memories I had, that's for sure. But yeah, it's an old game and it shows. That's fair. All right, so my my number four. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. My number four is, and I'm specifying this, Sonic and Knuckles. This is my number four game. Now, before the questions are out, no, this is not Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 2, and this is not Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3. This is the standalone Sonic and Knuckles. Okay. Um, I mean, fun game. Super fun game. You, you get this new character out of nowhere. The game, without words, mind you, tells you the story about what's going on. It has narrative in the game with this new character, Knuckles. You have this whole dilemma with the, with the Chaos Emeralds. It's now a bigger deal with the big, giant green emerald. Uh, you have Knuckles coming in now and again and, and foiling your plans to get through the level. <laughs> the, the, the level design in Sonic as a whole got better. The music got better. The bosses became more in, intricate and just better designed. With okay, correct. Cor, try to refresh my memory, Chris. Okay. There is a sand. There is a uh, pyramid slash sand level, and the boss. It's either a boss or a mini boss. It's a walking sand monster. Is that Sonic Three or is that Sonic uh... and Knuckles? I think that's, that's a good question. Sonic 3. I, I think so as well, but it's been way too long. That's all right. Somebody will correct us, or we'll correct ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I think that is that that was a boss that uh, was lackluster to me, but I can't recall if that's actually Sonic and Knuckles or not. But number one, right off the bat, the first level of this game that you play through has a... A thematic change of seasons as you progress mm -hmm. through the level. That was awesome. Love that. Love that to death. You also have the, the, the part where uh, Robotic flies in and drops fucking bombs and blows everything. So then the theme of the level changes again to this fun, like, tropical island-style level to the islands on flames. The islands on fire. Uh... I don't know. All around, I loved. I love the new character. I love the. I love the progression that led to Sonic and Knuckles, mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that it was a locking cartridge where you could put Sonic Two or Sonic Three in. I think if. I think if you put Sonic One, you couldn't. You got that standard. Um, this game is not compatible with Sonic and Knuckles mm -hmm. or whatever. I believe. I think those are the only two. Um, I think so. I don't think, like, Spinball, no. Sonic 3D no. Blast, no. I think those are the only two. But either way, talk, I mean, again, I'm specifically talking about Sonic and Knuckles, but as an, as an aside, as an additional cool thing, you could put in Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 into the top of this cartridge, and it, it lets you play as Knuckles in those two games. Awesome. And those and those two games are two player co op, so now you can play. Uh, that's so good. That's so good. 
So Sonic and Knuckles is all my number four of my list. Yeah, those are the only two games. Yeah. Just Googled it, confirmed. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I already said my number four is Mortal Kombat 2. Um, yep. Again, the only, re- the, only, yeah. the only reason I picked two over one or even three, I'm not sure how high uh, Sega went and that I actually played, but it was because I beat it. Yeah. yeah I, I may have been the only Mortal Kombat game I beat. I think I beat one, but it took me a lot of tries, but I've never beat two after that very first time playing and I beat it in one go. Never beat yeah. it after that. <laughs> so. Which is crazy because Shokan is no joke. Mm-hmm. All right, so we can jump into your number three. Yep, my number three is da, 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 Rocket Knight Adventures. Chris, have you ever played this game? I don't think so. <sighs> Rocket Knight Adventures is so good. Okay, side-scrolling platformer, yes. Trick is Rocket Knight is a he is a supposed to be, he's like an if you've ever seen adverts for this game he's a possum in a knight suit with a big sword and he has goggles on because on his back he has a jetpack and he can dash slash boost throughout the levels in this game that's part of his uh kind of like how Rife Star uses his long arms to grasp things etc mm-hmm. uh he uses a jetpack to boost around to progress through the game. Uh, fun. The music and the level design and the action, it's just all fun from the very first stage. From the moment you start playing this game, it's all designed around fun. All of the bosses are unique. They all have their, they all have ways you have to take them down. They're unique design. It's not just bop them on the head. And they all, to some degree, use that jetpack to, to a degree. Same thing in level design. The levels are designed for you, to, especially the later ones. They use your map. Think you, ha- if I remember straight, you have a meter, and you can use this rocket until that meter depletes, and then you fall. Mm-hmm. And the later stages use that to their capacity. Uh, it is such a charming game. It's it's and again, it is. This is another one that I played later, later in my years. And there's so many of these games where I just I did not know about them. They didn't. They didn't get as much play. I remember seeing the Rocket Knight Adventures uh, adverts in the magazines. I remember seeing it in Game Pro and EGM, but kind of being like, ah, I've already played. I guess my old school, my my kid mentality was, ah, I've already played Sonic, so <laughs> I don't think anything can top that. Well, Rocket Knight may not top Sonic as far as popularity. Mm-hmm. But as far as maneuverability, controls, etc., oh yeah, oh very good, such a good game. Um, I believe there is a sequel to this, or this may be a sequel. But either way, this is the one that I remember playing first, and I can't I can't say enough good things about it. If you want side scrolling and you want platforming. But you want something a little bit more, just like a few more little little bells and whistles than Sonic for the you know as far as platforming goes. It, it's it's great, it's great. It has not it, it has not well no it has aged very well actually. Sorry, I said it the wrong way. I believe that there is a remake. I believe that there was like a remake slash remaster 
Uh, I have not played that. I've heard middling reviews about it from like hardcore Rocket Knight fans. Uh, from what I understand, if you want to play, the the best one to play is this one that I've played, Rocket Knight Adventures. Uh, oh man, I hate that you haven't played this because it's so hard to talk about it and just not gush. Yeah, I recognize I the cover of it, but I probably only saw it in magazines. I don't yeah. think I ever played it. For you or for anybody else out there that's ever heard of this and wants a good platformer, they, there's a level where you, you you fucking get inside a robot and do like a fucking rock'em sock'em fight almost. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many there's so many unique level level and boss designs in this game, and it's 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 underappreciated. It's 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 as fun, if not more fun, than Sonic titles as far as the as far as the platforming goes. That's my number three. All right. So my number three is Streets of Rage 3. Oh, boy. I've never played it. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So Streets of Rage is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, it really, when I looked at it and played it, it reminded me, uh, reminded me a lot of the old Ninja Turtles or... Uh, Double Dragon, you know, side scrolling beat em ups. This was the one I played. I didn't. I I played Double Dragon, sure. I played Ninja Turtles, but I didn't own them. I own Streets of Rage three, so it yeah. was the beat em up I played. Um, and it was. I, I found it really interesting with the character options because they were so drastically different. Mm -hmm. Um, you had the Typical guy, you know, like the uh, Ryu of the game. He's the martial artist, buff guy, um, fire punches, stuff like that. He was the more traditional, you know, your double dragon type character. You punch kick. That's, I think about <laughs> it with him. Um, punch kick, yeah. Yeah. So you had the chick who was, I believe, faster. And I think she did more things related to kicking, um, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the there's a older guy you could play as, and his thing was electricity in his arms or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you would, you know, electrocute your enemies. And... The one I played as the most was actually Skate, who was, who was a, like, teenager on skates, and he would just blast across the screen, nailing everything in his path. Oh, that um, sounds cool. And there were power-ups, and, you know, you had special abilities, and, uh, yeah, like I said, his big thing that he would do is he would, I believe he... It was like, you know, rocket propelled at that point or, you know, looked like it or whatever. And he just right. flung his arms around. So he was yeah. just wailing on everything in his path. Um, hmm. And that's who I mainly played as because he was so good at just taking out enemies on the screen without taking damage back. Because typically if you get close enough, you have to do the, oh, well, who's going to hit first type thing. But when you're in a special ability, I believe you had a little bit of inv invulnerability or the window they could hit you in was much smaller. So mm -hmm. the downside was you couldn't move up and down on the screen. So you had to line yourself up. So you had that, you know, 
kind of balance to it. Right. But yeah, it was. I mean, there's a kangaroo you could play as. I think you unlocked them or something. Um, I thought I saw pictures of a kangaroo with boxing gloves and a and a like a a spike necklace and shorts. Yeah, he's actually on like, the that's... cover of the game. But I believe he's oh, wow. a unlockable character. Something like that. Um, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, so. I, this is another one where I think I made it decently far in it. I'm not sure how many levels there are, but I never beat it, but I just enjoyed playing it. It was a beat em up. You know, you just kill all the enemies, progress, start over when you die. Um, Let me ask you something. Sure. Have you played Streets of Rage 2? No. Or do you know if you have? No? Because from what I hear from Streets of Rage aficionados is that mm-hmm. 2 is the Prime, they're like Prime. Don't know. Uh, well, I mean, that, 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 that doesn't mean a hill of beans to you or me because, mm-hmm. you know, yours is your favorite regardless. But, you know, maybe you want to try to backtrack sometime and play Streets of Rage 2 and see if that, that's supposed um, to be like the epitome of all of them. So on Steam, I own all three. I don't know if any of those were from today's purchases or not, but. Yeah. Um, I do have all three on Steam, so I may go back and play the other ones. But I specifically remember three being the one I played a ton of. Right. Cool. All right. We're moving down to my number two. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a similarity between my two and one, but <laughs> my number two Sega Genesis game of all time is... Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Okay. Yes. Number one. This is going to be kind of where the nostalgia comes into play, especially for number one, because Chris and I both spent a lot of time on this game together. Mm -hmm. This was two-player co-op, and we predominantly played this game two-player co-op. If I'm not mistaken, Chris, you have to correct me, but I'm pretty sure you and I actually beat this game together. Yes. I think we did. Because I remember one of the either either one of the last bosses or the last boss being the giant mech that has the hands and the fingers and you had to wait for the fingers to come down on the level and you had to kill the finger you had to bounce on the fingers one by one to destroy them. If that wasn't the last boss, I remember us being super fucking hype at that boss specifically. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure we beat this game. But Nostalgia aside, nostalgia aside, so this is Sonic's third iteration in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, okay? I know, and I'm going to get into it when I get into my number one as well, but I understand that Sonic games are not what they're all cracked up to be. Okay, (laughs) I have went back and have played Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic & Knuckles, and Sonic CD, and Sonic 3D Blast uh, sometime like probably six or seven years ago. And yes, I understand that most Sonic games, once you get past that first level, that first level is usually fucking gripping and awesome and fun. After that, the levels go fucking up and down as far as fun. (laughs) They go up and down as far as difficulty. They go up and down as far as controlling. They go up and down as far as as fitting the theme of Sonic, which is run and and gun. I mean, uh, run and... Run and run more. <laughs> Sonic 3 
was the third, and they tried so much more stuff in this game, and I love them for it. There's there's a there's a, a standard casino level in it. Had a good time. There's a snowboarding level in it. Loved it. Had a good time. There's split screen co-op in this game. There's uh, there's split screen racing in this game. There's uh, the the bonus game with the fucking spheres. That was a new style for a bonus game. I liked it. Mm-hmm. The lush designs in the game. The color just stands out at you. The the graphics in the game stand out at you. When you look at when you go back and look at Sonic One and compare it to Sonic Three, just to see how far they've come. Oh, so the music so good. The bosses challenging, slightly challenging, I'd say. It was enough to where me and Chris had to play had to play this game together to get the job done, but we still did it. Um. So much fun. I have no problem admitting that close to half of me putting this at number two was time spent with me and me and Chris. But it was fun playing it that way. This was a game where me and him could play it together. And I had fun. Now, I, I will give a public apology. I'm sorry that I always made you uh, tales. <laughs> you know, that must have sucked. But when it came to the boss battles... We needed each other. Yeah. <laughs> it, we needed, cause that was an extra body there to get this shit done. And it worked. Yep. So, Sonic 3 is my, is my number two. Uh, it is not my favorite Sonic game ever. It's not even my Sonic, my favorite Sega Sonic game. We'll get to that in a second. But, it, it's so good. It's so good to see how far they came with this game and what they were doing. Like they just kept pushing this game and pushing it and pushing it. And the next big push, aside from Sonic 3D World or uh, Sonic 3D Blast, was to go to the uh, the Dreamcast. Or mm-hmm. well, I think I think they tried to do a Saturn game, but that was that that, that never got uh, released. I don't know. I think that never got released. I think there was a Sonic. I think Sonic Racing maybe it was on the Saturn, but the next big <laughs> jump for Sonic was on the Dreamcast, which we'll have our Dreamcast list one day. In the future. <laughs> we will. I will say right now, I like Sonic Adventure. That's as yeah. far as I'll put it. But yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog three, my number two, well deserved there, and it holds a lot of fond memories in my heart. But it. I love that game. It's fun. It's it's designed to be. It's a very kinesthetic game. It's a very it's a very kinetic game. It's meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Now there are levels in that game that slow the fuck down, but I think that the way that they slowed down the slow the slower levels in that game were better to me than two and one. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, where they do I do I agree with the level design in particular? No, I don't think they all fit Sonic's theme but man i don't know what to say chris i had fun with sonic 3 that's, oh, yeah. that's the best way i can put it so you talked about sonic and knuckles and uh and now sonic 3 well my number two is sonic and knuckles with sonic 3 now i enjoyed both games individually um like you said Playing Sonic 3, had a blast with it. But adding Knuckles was a huge, huge thing 
You know, like I mentioned earlier with the arrow, the acrobat, being able to glide adds a whole new uh, mechanic to it. So adding Knuckles to Sonic 3, it just, that completely changed parts of the game. And I realized I, that I went I went through the entirety of Sonic and Knuckles and didn't even talk about what Knuckles is or what he can do. I'll let <laughs> you do I'll let you do that one on this one. Uh, that's so, a that's a bad mistake on my part. I'm so sorry. So Knuckles is a what's the proper uh, pronunciation? A, a, echidna. A, echidna. Echidna. Yeah. yeah. So his thing, like I said, was uh, gliding. He could spin dash, you know, like every Sonic character pretty much can. At that point. Um, but being able to glide from place to place, um, again, added a whole new uh, dimension to the levels. There were parts in Sonic 3 where you couldn't go that way. But once you got Knuckles, you could then fly from one platform or one side of the level, you know, to the, this other area that you couldn't normally reach. Um, I'm not sure... I refresh my memory. Did the season changing thing carry over to Sonic Three? I believe it did. Yeah, because that was another part of it. Um, See, that's the, that's the thing. I, I'd have to go back and do a comparison side by side. I'm sure yeah. there's a wiki that's already done this, but Sonic and Sonic and Knuckles was a game that had its own levels. Mm-hmm. It had its own. Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3 also had its own levels. Sonic and 3 with Knuckles, I, if I'm not mistaken, it, like, did it jump between or did it just bring Knuckles into Sonic 3? I want to say it just brought Knuckles into 3. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, well, I, if, that's the, if that's the case, then yeah, it's all the themes and all that stuff. We're still yeah. the same. Because when you're describing Knuckles, I was thinking, did I actually like Knuckles itself and not with Sonic 3? But after thinking about it, I think I'm, you know, sticking with Sonic and Knuckles with Sonic 3 because I believe enough of it did carry over that that's what I'm remembering. Um, yeah. And, yeah, just at, I love playing as Knuckles in Sonic 3. Um, yeah. Sonic and Knuckles, I enjoyed playing it, but I enjoyed uh, Sonic 3 as Knuckles more. Yeah. Well, I guess we're down to the line, Chris. Yep. Unless you had more to say about Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Nope. <laughs> well, I guess I could mention some... I guess we could be like every podcast. I could mention some honorable mentions. I don't really okay. have a list. Let's see. I have a couple on hand while you're refreshing your memory. Yeah. So, one of the ones... And- I picked out my games by going through the wiki for Sega Genesis games and going, mm-hmm. okay, I played that one, played that one, and then went through and said, okay, which ones are going to make my list? Um, one of the ones that jumped out to me was Frogger. Really? Because it was a simple game, very, very simple, just a fun little game to play. You know, certainly yeah. not top 10 worthy. Um, I probably wouldn't even put it in top 15. But I was like, that's a, it's fun enough that I'll mention it. Yeah. Um, Golden Axe 2. Yes. Which, yes. I, God, that, that was another game that was difficult. Um, side scroller, uh, beat em up, I guess. Was it beat em up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of have that traditional 
you know, warrior, your, uh, I guess the female character would be more of a rogue type. And then you had the dwarf guy with the axe. Um, so you have three different characters and three different styles of play. Just all around fun. I remember playing, uh, I never played Earthworm Jim on the Genesis. I always played on the Super Nintendo because the Super Nintendo version was better. <laughs> Same thing with Aladdin. Aladdin sucks on the Genesis. Sorry. I know I just pissed a lot of people off. A lot of people off. I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's true. Uh, there was an X-Men game that I remember, the X-Men 2 Clone Wars. I love playing that game. I don't know if I game. played that one or not. Sadly, this is this is the saddest thing about my Sega Genesis history. I I have never played a single solitary Fantasy Star. Mm-hmm. Not one. I have played Fantasy Star online, but that's not uh, that's not Fantasy Star. There were I think there were four Fantasy Star RPGs for the Sega Genesis. And uh I never played a single one of them. I should. I need to get those type of games underneath my belt. I believe that I believe the thing for Fantasy Star is that it was pseudo sci-fi ish, like it was fantasy RPG, but it had a lot of uh, a lot of sci-fi elements to it. There's uh, Splatterhouse. I wanted to play Splatterhouse so bad when I was a kid. I knew my mom and dad would never ever get that game for me, so I never got to play it as a kid. I do have the 2000, I believe it's a 2010 remake for the 360. Uh, it's in my it's in my library, tucked away in my backlog with a lot of other games. But I always wanted to play Splatterhouse. The again, the adult theme to it, the uh, you know, taking it seriously aspect is what made me want to play it as a kid. I just never got to. <laughs> Here's one for you. Spot goes to Hollywood. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a platformer. I'd do. I'd play it. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing that. I was a game that Andy had and it wasn't I'm trying to see what they actually categorize the game as because I don't really consider it a platformer because you had some jumping around but it was mainly navigating around levels yeah, I think it was mainly jumping. I, I'm pretty sure it was just jumping and platforming. I remember was playing it? Spot for the Super Nintendo. And I remember it, it being just, uh, I don't know if you had an attack. I think you just jumped on things to kill them. And you just, like, you ju- you, could, you would jump on bubbles to net, to bounce around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I remember from it. I don't know. That was another one that was, that was fun to play as a kid. Another, I- go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to reiterate that Aladdin sucks for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> but um, another fun game to play co-op that Chris and I played often was... Uh, shoot. Help me out, Chris. The Alien game. The played co-op. Uh, you were around a neighborhood. There were aliens coming. As I, as I attack the... Oh, um... Something zombies. Zombies ain't my neighbors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, fun game to play. Also, that haunting game. We I don't know if we played that co-op or not, but that haunting game was for what it was. It was uh, so haunting is a game where you're in a mansion 
and there's a there's a couple a family there, and the guy your character could could jump into various objects in the game and possess them and make them do things. And the idea was to do enough scary shit to scare the people out of the house. Uh, fun idea, fun and execution. Just going to just to see what different things in that game you could possess and what would happen if you possess, like what the game would make you do. Mm-hmm. Fun game. Yeah. Another one I was actually thinking of, but I didn't see it on the list the first time through, but it was Marble Madness. Oh, yes. yes. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's You roll a marble around, you have to get it to the end goal, that's it. But the levels were so complicated and they got so difficult. It was mm-hmm. uh, so fun. Well, enough beating around the bush. Those were some. I mean, sure, there's the, the Sega Genesis. As much as I talk shit about it, it does have some good games. Uh, it's probably it's pro- the negative connotation for me is probably because again I grew up in the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, and I rarely got to play the Genesis. <laughs> but I mean, j- j- I-, I am sorry, but you name Nintendo franchises, you're gonna be about ten or fifteen deep when I tell you to start naming Sega Genesis franchises, you're going to say Sonic, you're probably going to stop there. Mm-hmm. They just didn't They just didn't have the bulk, even though they clearly had a shit ton of games. Yeah. But anyway, my number one Sega Genesis game, long pause, <laughs> is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This one I put up there with the same reasoning behind my Mega Man 4 as my favorite video game of all time. This is 70 to 80% nostalgia for me. I played this game at several people's houses. Friends' houses. uh, Classmates' houses. Friends of the family's houses. Cousins' houses. Uncles' houses. Aunts' houses. I played Sonic 2 predominantly by myself. Uh, rarely got to play it with friends. Like, I know, I know me and Chris played it a few times, the racing, and, and, uh, it had a good time with it. But, this, for one, this jump from Sonic 1 to Sonic 2, so good. The way the music style changed, the, the music, the, the music style improved, the, the way, the, I think, I wanna say he got the spin dash here. I could be wrong. I think this is the game where when you press down and you could charge it up, mm-hmm. he couldn't do that in Sonic. He couldn't do that in Sonic One, and that, that, oh, that. I'm trying to think of the word to say that ability was awesome to me. The levels, the music, the graphics, just the 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 entire upgrade from Sonic One to Sonic Two, I love, and I have beaten Sonic Two on my own countless times. And just on my own, without having to have anybody around, I've had so much fun with Sonic 2. You can't go wrong with it, in my opinion. I will say, and maybe I'll say this discussion one day. I know I said we'll talk about it later down the list, but maybe I'll <laughs> say this for one of the days. Sonic games are not all cracked up as they are made out to be. Mm-hmm. I have no problem admitting that. I, I'm cool. With, I'm, I made my peace with that. But I do enjoy Sonic 2. I do enjoy Sonic 2 to this day. It is it is a fun. It is, it is my favorite Sonic of the Genesis titles, 
And for me, it's up there as my top number one, as far as Sega Genesis games go. Now, that's not saying that, you know, Biohazard Battle is not as fun. That's not saying Rocket Knight Adventures is fun. As Chris said at the beginning of this list, there's 700-something games in the Genesis. So if we're giving you a top 10, in our opinion, they're all worth playing for whatever reason. So, yeah. My number one, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Love it. It's, it's, it's got a special place in my heart, and it is my favorite Genesis title of all time. Yeah, I don't I don't recall a whole lot about 2. I think I just enjoyed 3 so much that, sure, I played 2, but when I, you know, had to choose what Sonic game to play, I went to 3 and Knuckles. It's just, you know, that simple for me. So my number one game, one you've already talked about, and I'm sure you can guess which one, is uh, <laughs> Biohazard Battle. Yes. I mean, this game just has so much nostalgia behind it. And mm -hmm. nostalgia aside, and we've already talked about it before, we talked about it earlier with your pick, but you, you know, touched on the power, talked about the power-ups. That's really what this game did for me. The power-ups were different than other shoot-em-ups, I think. Um, typically, it was like in Raiden, you have the bombs, and then you had a better um, blaster. I don't recall having such a variety of weapon power-ups. You know, like the cards. I just, the cards were great. That was my go-to weapon. Um, and that's really, aside from nostalgia, that's what put this game above other shoot-em-ups for me, was the power-ups. Um, it made the gameplay a lot more fun for me. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> There, there was something about this game. Mm -hmm. There are so many co-op games that you and I played on the Genesis, uh, that be to be a co-op or or versus games, mm -hmm. and we always revolved around this one. It it could be the gameplay, it could be the level designs, it could have been. I mean, this the stupid thing of us finding options in the game and not even knowing their real names and just making our own little secret language for it. Whatever it was, we always came back. I'm pretty sure we played this one every single time we met up at some degree. Like we made it, we made like a session just to play this one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. And, and I'm going to say this. I think I've said it before, but one day I'm going to have my own little top 15 list. And I mean, I've already said it before. Everybody knows Mega Man 4 is my number one video game of all time. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that because they look at the other games on my list and go, there's no fucking way in hell. There's no <laughs> way on God's green earth. How the fuck are you picking Mega Man 4 over Chrono Trigger? How are you picking it over Sweet Coden 2 or GoldenEye or Metroid Prime? And I'll say this because Chris, I'm saying this because Chris said this when he started his number one. It's got a lot of nostalgia. It's got a lot of memories. It's got a place in his heart. That is where the top ten comes when you make a personal list. Okay. If End of Time cast had 20 people and we were really focusing on trying to push, you know, unknown games to you or trying to, 
you look at sales or look at popularity or look at the objective games of all time, we would do that. When we're making our personal list, our personal list is not going to be the most popular. It may, maybe it will be, maybe it will be. If we made a top five Switch games list right now, I'm going to pick <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and it's going to be everybody's going to be like, yeah, duh. Yeah. But when I go to pick a say PlayStation list, my number one may be the majority of the world's top seventeen. You know, mm-hmm. top list when you make a personal list, it it it's going to come down to personal feelings it's going to come down to nostalgia it's going to come down to your level of enjoyment there could be if somebody comes to me and says look my favorite soup my favorite genesis game of all time was toe jam and earl why is it better than is it is it better than say sonic 3 no is it better than this other game no better but why is it to me because that was the last sega genesis game my mother ever bought for me before she died and mm-hmm. i played that religiously for years on end and it has a special place in my heart i fell in love with that game for many more reasons than level design or graphics or etc so i commend you i i think anybody that picks any number one game for whatever reason is fine now when you say objectively when you say stupid things like uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, let me think of some bullshit <laughs> make up off the top of my head. I think that Super Mario Brothers 1 is an objectively better game than Castlevania Symphony of the Night because the controls are better. Well, then you're just making a silly statement. Then you're just being crazy. <laughs> Mario 1 does have tight controls, but the controls in Castlevania are more advanced. They have more input lag. They're, they're, they're just designed better. Come on. Don't be, don't be crazy. <laughs> but, hey, but getting back off my tangent and off my soapbox and back to the list, Biohazard Battle is a very fun game. If you have never played a shmup game, or if you've never played an old school, say, 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit shmup game, and you're looking for something fun in that area, you want to test the water, try Biohazard Battle. Try Biohazard Battle. It is fun. It has its it has its own little theme, its own it's its own little game. And it follows all the same tropes and all you'll you will get a shmup style game out of it. And it will be in its own little own little corner of the world as far as shmups go. Yep. So I And, I, and it's only a dollar fifty on Steam right now. There you go. There you go. So that's it. That's our top ten uh, Sega Genesis titles of all time. Now, again, this is not the end of time casts list. This is our personal list, Chris' list, and my list. We will have a end of ca- end of time cast list for other things down the future. But for now, that's uh, that's it for this list. That's it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch many more in the future. We have more coming. Uh, you said again, this is episode 24? 23. 23. So total, you do have 24 other episodes. Yes. You have 24 episodes in total now. Hopefully you like something. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. You just type it into Timecast. We have a page there. You can give us a like, follow us up. Uh, we always update the the episodes coming out whenever we whenever they're uh, uploaded so you can keep track there we the soundcloud page itself usually updates whenever i upload an episode so you know you should you have a couple good ways to know that the episodes are out facebook is one of them soundcloud is another and twitter is another one we got a twitter page 
Uh, still have not been twitted at. I do twitting myself. I've twitted other people. I've done retweets. I'm a retwitter. So there's that. Uh, what are your top five, top ten, top whatever Sega Genesis titles? What are your opinions on the titles that we talked about? What things do you agree with? What don't you agree with? How was your Christmas? Oh, I'd take that. I'd love to know what what games you got for Christmas or how you enjoyed it. Or did you have to work? Tell me, tell me that shit story because I've been there. <laughs> um, you can send us an email. You can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in there. It's just spelled just as I said it. We love to hear from you, and I guarantee you at this early stage in the game, you send us some type of email or something, we're probably going to read it on the podcast and talk about it or answer your questions. We'd love to have some feedback from you. Uh, we'll have another episode coming out in about a week. But until then, this has been another episode. This has been another episode of the End of Time cast. And until next episode, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. for the Super Nintendo was far better than the Super Nintendo, <laughs> by the way. Just gonna put that, I, hope, I, hope, I hope everybody hears that because it's the truth.